This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt, his trusty co-hosts Will Sterling, Jeff DeRay, and sometimes the lovely Zia Anderson. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blattcast. I, as always, am Christian Blatt, joined by quite a few less people than I was intending. But honestly, we Wait, don't something need something I said. We don't need any more. We've got Thomas Parham. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Christian. This is my Bladcast debut. We have a uh, a connection in Mr. Will Sterling, who people know from the Blackcast. And uh, also my wife, Heather, has uh, spoken to classes of yours a number of times. Yeah, she so. has guest, guest lectured many times. She's very popular with the kids. And uh, congratulations on her new gig. That's awesome. Yeah, That's my cool. wife is a writer on the Disney Plus show, Mysterious Benedict Society, season two coming soon i not that Yay. soon they haven't even started filming it yet so probably coming like you know early next year uh no early 2023 really uh in any case uh thomas uh take a uh, quick moment and tell people about uh, your day job and uh we uh you we, you know our, one of our regulars on marvel movie talk eric connor works for the new york film academy so uh you you are not the the only professorial take on Spidey that we're getting, but uh, mm. I, I think that's a great way to take a look at it. So take a moment and tell people uh, what you teach and where you teach and uh, you know, how, how uh, th that helps you sort of, uh, you know, not even helps you, but sort of that perspective that you might take as you analyze a, a fun movie like this. Gotcha. I am the interim chair of the department of communication, communication, public relations and journalism. <sighs> at Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, I was hired to teach communication and media studies courses. So I, I literally straddle two departments, the communication department and the visual and media arts department, which houses the cinema arts program. So I teach uh, mostly screen studies courses like film appreciation, television appreciation, and then also screenwriting courses. And uh, I uh, executive produce student film projects which I walked in today and looked at all the awards that the projects I worked on last year won. It's like, go y'all. <laughs> but um, spoiler talk. I <laughs> yeah, well, we a... put that up because we put on screen that this is spoiler talk because people might come across it. It's also streaming on, it's on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you might see like, oh, what are they talking about? And then in the middle of uh, the conversation, you might be like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that movie yet. So uh, we leave that up on screen as much as we can. So as it says on screen for our visual listeners, but also for our audio listeners, this is the point of no return. If you do not want to hear spoilers about Spider-Man No Way Home, and I say that if you have not seen it, you really don't want to hear spoilers. I know Seriously. some crazy people who love spoilers. And uh, one of them, I refused to tell her any spoilers uh, after I saw Avengers Endgame. I'm like, no, I can't do that to you. You you need to actually witness it the way it's supposed to be seen. And this is another one of those movies. There's just getting to see so many things as they happen. And yeah, there's there were rumors and set leaks. But you know what? I've seen a lot of set leaks for things that ended up not actually happening. So I didn't know until I was in the chair what was actually until I was the guy in the chair. That's when I found out what was actually happening in this movie. So if you haven't seen it, I urge you to go see it and then uh, join us uh, after the fact. But that being said, time for the spoilers to start spilling out <laughs> like 
like uh, multiverse versions of uh, Thomas and myself. So, uh, Thomas, uh, expectations going in and big pictures in your reaction. I had my list of things that I wanted to happen, and I had heard all the rumors, and all of them were confirmed, but the way they were done made me very, very, made me a very happy blurb. And the audience went nuts. Like, yeah. every time, every time a character, from, every time one of the villains from, well, no, let's go back. When um, well, I can't think of the dude's name, Matt Murdock from yeah Charlie Cox. When Charlie yeah. Cox showed up as Matt Murdock in a in a cameo scene to introduce to introduce Charlie Cox as the daredevil of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. People went wild. And yeah, then, I, I was talking about the first uh, screening that I went to. It, it was it was a it was a press screening, uh, and uh, as I've said before, it's not like in sports where there's uh, no cheering in the press box. Uh, people saw Charlie Cox's cane. They didn't even see him. And you know that that cane is Matt Murdock's cane. So yeah, from that moment on, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. And yeah, even though Alfred Molina was in the trailer, you know, and a lot of the stuff that you'd see, it still, it, it didn't really temper the the excitement. And I, I saw it twice. And both times I felt like that was the same. And And it seems like the screening that you were at, there was a lot of uh, very vocal excitement. Oh, the couple next to me, it was very interactive. I didn't catch what, what ethnicity they were, but like when stuff happened, it's like, oh, I mean, they were into it. They were into it, which is, you know, as some as a screenwriter and, and somebody who, uh, you know, executive produces student films, when you have the audience eating out of the palm of your hand, as a filmmaker, that's very gratifying. And every time one of the multiversal villains appeared, People, you know, it was like watching a play or a, going to a sitcom taping and, you know, a star comes in. People were just losing it. But for me, the biggest surprise was Willem Dafoe because he was the main villain and he did not disappoint. And I've always I always thought his character in Spider-Man 1 was undermotivated. I hate Spider-Man because I hate Spider-Man. But in this one, he had a very clear motivation. And the dude's a great, I mean, Oscar-nominated actor. That's one of the secrets that Marvel tapped in or, or discovered early in the superhero movie thing is when you cast Oscar-quality actors in these movies and they take it as seriously as possible, you get a great product. And yeah, he was, I, I thought it was, I mean, the reveal... The reveal right before a certain beloved character meets her maker, <laughs> mm, yeah. that was chilling. I mean, I, I love this movie. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. It's just everything. And then, of course, when um, when Ned starts calling, trying to find out where Peter is and opens portals, and then we first see Garfield and then Maguire, again, people lost their... So Yeah, yeah. And, and because it's like you know, you had sort of your different levels. There's so Ned opens the portal and you see that Spider-Man from far away. But depending on the level of nerd that you are, you knew that that wasn't Tom Holland's costume. So people got excited. Mm -hmm. They got more excited. Then he takes off the mask and it's uh and you know, when we were talking in a previous conversation about this, uh, what I liked the little touch of the Andrew Garfield's hair is very reminiscent of like like mid to late 80s Spider-Man, which is my heyday. I'm talking about from the comics. And yep. it was always like, well, yeah, of course, 
because the like the Steve Dicko and John Romita senior uh, uh, Spider Man, he took that mask off and he always had the square blockhead. Still, I'm mm-hmm. like, how how does that even work? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there were there were definitely a lot of like little uh, little things like that. I think that I agree with you. Willem Dafoe uh, was. You know, he's very big and over the top uh, in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. But I think that to balance that with sort of like also having that, but while having it be a much more nuanced performance, I thought was great. And I didn't realize that we were going to get so much of him. Obviously, when you see the pumpkin bomb in the trailer, you know, he's going to be in it. And uh, I talked about this previously, that the fact that the green suit with the purple hoodie underneath it basically gave us a comic book accurate version of the character. And the first thing that he did is he smashed that, that uh, armor, you know, that uh, he wore in Sam Raimi's movie. And I thought it was interesting that it was like, there's definitely some of those moments where they're making adjustments for things that people didn't like. Uh, You know, in an earlier conversation, we talked a lot about how different Jamie Foxx looked and the fact that he wasn't blue. And apparently uh, both of those things, <clears throat> Jamie Foxx didn't want to do the movie if he was going to be blue. And also Willem Dafoe at the age he is, he wanted to do his own stunts. Now I don't think he did every single stunt, but the fact that he wanted to do any of his stunts is crazy. Wow. That you is know? crazy. Yeah. So I think that uh, the, the villains were great. And I mean, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, uh, Prior to this movie, my clear-cut favorite Spider-Man movie was always Spider-Man 2, and a big reason of that was Alfred Molina. Well, now he's in this one. And boy, is it is it hard to rank. I'm trying to not be, you know, not overreact and, uh, you know, pick, like, the, the shiny new thing as my favorite. But it's hard to not love this movie, and there's, there's so much to it, you know. I mean, uh, obviously, Peter is such a rich character. And we got three of them and we got to really <laughs> see those, uh, the different interpretations, which, uh, you know, I, I was in a, uh, my, my friend and co-host Katie and I were in a bit of a minority in that we both really liked Andrew Garfield. I, I do too. I specifically liked him as Peter. I think he still might be my favorite Peter as great as Tom Holland is. And Toby was fine, but I just, and, and a big part of that was the Peter and Gwen scenes that he would do with uh, Emma Stone in those two movies. Well, they had such palpable chemistry yeah. and the fact that they were dating at the time, I yeah. was kind of sad when they broke up, but you know, Hollywood relationships, you know? Yeah, but it's fine because now Tom Holland's dating Zendaya. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's always consistent that, uh, that it works that way. And yeah, I, I think that uh, the, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was really the revelation of the movie. Willem Dafoe and then just getting so much of him and just him being such a dark, deeper character than we even left him with. You know, the fact that they acknowledge having to deal with the death of Gwen Stacy and, you know, just when he's trying to talk to Peter about how, you know, he says he stopped pulling his punches. Uh, Just talk a little bit about your thoughts. So obviously you said you were a fan of Andrew Garfield ahead of uh, this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, what, uh, what did you think about what he was able to do from a performance? Oh my gosh. In this, in this film. For me, the key moment for him in the film is when MJ is hurtling to her certain death because 
Peter uh, Spider Tom has missed her, and then it's a scene very reminiscent of Gwen Stacy's death from the comics and Amazing Spider Man Two, and then Spider Garfield swoops in, rescues her, and then they land, and he says, "Are you okay?" And then she says, "Are you okay?" Because the look on his face, the dudes, yeah. the dudes had an amazing year. Pardon the pun. Between <laughs> his role as Jim Baker in the Eyes of Tammy Faye, his ridiculously bravura performance in uh, Tick Tick Boom, and then this—I mean, this is like a hat trick for him. Yeah. Well, uh, Thomas, you and I didn't compare notes ahead of time, but uh, in an earlier conversation, I let everybody know that the moment you isolated was the moment where I just lost it and I could not help it. And I did cry because it was so emotional. I got for clipped. And uh, people thought like, you know, when I mentioned that I cried, they're like, oh, uh, Aunt May. I'm like, nope. And it's like, it's like, it's building. And the moment where he makes the face after MJ says, are you okay? Uh, you know, and she says to him, are you okay? And that look on his face, that's where it got me. And just such a nuanced performance. Uh, it, it was so well done and it was so great to see. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, really getting to explore that because, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Spider-Man is such a dark character for a guy who is a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, you know, Uncle Ben dies because he didn't stop somebody. And at least in the comics, he kills Gwen Stacy trying to save her. You know, he snaps her neck. And, uh, you know, so this Spider-Man having to live with that. And you can see that, you know, obviously Toby Spider-Man had some things to live with as well. He just uh, was a little bit uh, a little bit wiser, he, although he uh, was aptly described as a hip youth pastor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go ahead. Full disclosure, I've never been a big fan of Toby as Spider-Man. And I did like Spider-Man 2. I just, Spider-Man 1, I didn't like Goblin as a villain, just the way they wrote him. Yeah. And then Spider-Man 3 was such a hot mess. Just the trailers were better than the actual movie. But I just, I've seen a lot of Toby movies. And for me, and I, it's my standard line to my students, Toby Maguire plays the same morose loser in every movie he's been in, including the three Spider-Man movies. But I liked him in this because they gave him, he's the oldest of the three Spider-Man and he's gone yeah. through some stuff. All the, I mean, that whole, that, that spider, um, that spider summit <laughs> toward the end of the movie when they're comparing notes and the, the, the kind of in joke where Andrew Garfield cracks Tobey Maguire's back. I love that. I mean, yeah. There's just so much in this movie, but I was talking, uh, my, my best friend from uh, grad school, who retired last year, which enabled me to come here and teach in Florida. But we were talking last night, because he saw it Saturday night. In previous franchises, like James Bond or Batman, you recast the lead actor and you pretend it's the same guy who's been doing everything. Except for Bond, where you have these weird things where, okay, so Casino Royale is an origin story, but some Judy Ginch is M, but don't ask, just keep going. Yeah, no, up, up until Casino Royale, that was really it. It's like, yeah, it's the same guy. And then that that was a little bit more of a that was a less soft reboot. That was a that that was like a that was like a uh, control alt delete reboot, basically. <laughs> that that they well, did there. But we finally yep. have a version where we acknowledge these two, these these five previous films do exist in the multiverse. Everything yeah. you knew and loved about those characters and villains and supporting characters, it's still out there. 
But to give them closure, especially, I mean, the way that the original, um, the, the way that the Spider-Man 4 that Raimi was going to direct ended up falling apart due to a variety of issues and egos and whatnot. But at least Toby got a trilogy. And yeah. then poor Garfield just, he didn't even get a trilogy. And, and there were definitely plot threads that were left hanging that we were promised in trailers that they were never delivered on. You know, the, what really happened to Richard Parker and, and Peter's mom. So he really, and, and plus the North Korean hack and the decision to reboot, because he was, my understanding was he was lobbying for his Spider-Man to enter the MCU. So yeah. he really, to give him Spider-Garfield and Spider-McGuire closure, I thought was a great thing to do and an official passing the torch to Holland. And the Avengers joke, you're in a band? What is that, a band? You're in a <laughs> yeah. band? <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that, uh, you know, look, we had no reason to expect that McGuire or Garfield were ever going to get any kind of closure for their stories. You know, once, once the page was turned, the page was turned. And the fact that we got it, I think is what makes this movie uh, so special. And... Honestly, yeah, the fact that uh, those five movies, of course, happened elsewhere in other universes, but they count. They're real. It's like, yes, they're canon, but not for the Tom Holland Spider-Man. And I think that uh, the excitement that that creates, of course, is, well, you know that they own the X-Men too now. So uh, <laughs> are all those movies going to count? You know, they can. They don't need to bring X-Men Origins Wolverine over and I can pick and choose maybe at least one other. But if you got to bring it all, you got to bring it all, you know, so that's fine. So, uh, you know, how, how they get Deadpool in and how they bring in any of these characters. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, that that's sort of the excitement. It's like seeing Charlie Cox is like, wow, that's cool. What does that mean? Is this is this a Charlie Cox who has lived three seasons of Daredevil? Uh, and by Charlie Cox, I mean Matt Murdock. And, uh, you know, I think uh, this week on uh, Hawkeye, we're going to get a better idea of that. And I'll, I'll just say that because we're spoiling Spider-Man, but maybe everybody's not caught up on Hawkeye. But there is something that we will learn in the season finale of Hawkeye that I think will help address that. And so more excitement, more nerding out. And, you know, last week was a pretty amazing week to be a nerd. And yes, uh, was. I, was, I was so glad <laughs> that uh, that I was there for it. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the different Spider-Men. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that my friend Katie Kawamoto and I, we had talked about before Katie, we, did, we did a show was that uh, we wanted to talk about the costuming. And then we ended up going an hour and 45 minutes. And then after the fact, I'm like, Damn it, we didn't talk about the costuming. And I love the distinct differences from, yes, the three Spider-Men, because, uh, you know, they had very different costumes. And also, though, what I really like, is just to jump to the end, is that, is that Tom Holland has the most traditional comic book, you know, early Spider-Man, like, sitting there in front of the sewing machine, you know? Aunt May couldn't find her sewing machine because Peter was busy. And uh, just sort of the look of that one, you know, it was it was like very shiny, you know, shiny. The, the, the suit that he, and, and I'm like, this is great. Uh, it's sort of like, you know, it, it's honestly it's closest to the the Nicholas Hammond, the 1978 TV <laughs> uh, costume, except I hope that he doesn't just shoot little rope webs out of uh, out of his cartridges. 
But uh, just to take a moment, Thomas, and uh, talk a little bit about getting to see the very distinctive costumes, the three Spider-Men, and then that one at the end. Yeah, I just, um, well, going backwards, it's funny because everybody's like, it's so shiny, but it's like, cool. <laughs> it's like if you're a kid learning how to sew or not the best sewer, because you had, you know, somebody with Stark's money. Remember when he first showed up in Civil War, yeah. he's just wearing like a hoodie with spray painted stuff on and yeah. and Stark gives him a much nicer suit. But yeah, I think and he also, just to, to jump in, he has that that sort of very, very DIY version hidden under his locker in uh, Homecoming after Stark right. takes the suit back. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's a hoodie with basically like sunglasses, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But no, I love, um, you know, when when McGuire's um, costume first appeared, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love the look of the costume. Completely impractical because I have friends yeah. who have reproduced that and those urethane webs on top break all the time. It's a nightmare. <laughs> but for the first, you know, for the first big screen appearance of Spider-Man, great costume. In some respects, they kind of streamline things for uh, Garfield's costume, and instead of you know the, the urethane webbing, they gave the suit itself this that funky texture, like uh, he like he had a, a wild night with a Spalding basketball, <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah. used a lot of puff paint. Which again, I have a lot of friends who spend a lot of time reproducing that in fan made costumes. Um, the first version of Garfield had the very elongated middle section, which I guess the fans really expressed their displeasure with that. So the, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 costume was much more of a, a little bit more comic accurate with some of the aspects of the first Amazing Spider-Man suit. But uh, and then the Tom Holland costumes, I've come to kind of dig the... Um, Oh, why can't I think of the uh, the armored Spider-Man suit? Why the Iron I... Spider. I've I've come to really dig the Iron Spider suit. Yeah, I had no idea it was going to get so much play. I no, just figured, yeah, oh, I mean, I, know a lot of toys. Wish it just seemed them. like goes into space. He's going to wear Iron Spider, but uh, that is not necessarily the case. We see so much of it, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, th it's very important. Uh, I think to get to see all of that and uh, our pal in the chat, Dominica Saxon says seeing the classic costume at the very end was uh, very rewarding to which ghost 8386 uh, with of course the amazing avatar. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah. And uh, Daniel drew loves the hybrid suit. So yeah, I think that uh, the seeing some of the different suits and honestly the uh, for the showdown with Electro, the, 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 the black suit that he was wearing in this one, which not the venom black suit or right. even, you know, the, the non symbiote version of the black suit that Spider-Man uh, still wears occasionally, even all these years later in the comics, every once in a while, you'll see that suit show up. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, it's such an important part of the character. And uh, I I was ashamed that uh, we neglected to really get into that uh, when we were talking about this earlier. But I think that uh, it's they really celebrate so many aspects of this character. And uh, there was there was somebody uh, in the chat who asked a question that I wanted to get to, but I am scrolling. So Daniel Drew, uh, I uh, one thing I question is why Tom Spidey has been made to avoid mentioning Uncle Ben at all. I thought that this would be the movie to at least say his name. 
so far in the MCU, the only confirmation. Uh, there was something that uh, our, our friend Nate Miller in an earlier episode when he was on with us, he said that, you know, look, it might not have actually happened. I don't think we know. Uh, it's sort of implied when he refers to, you know, Aunt May has been through a lot, but May delivering the with great power comes great responsibility. Nate sort of took that as, and it wasn't the way that I saw it, but uh, it, it's certainly worth considering, is the idea that this is actually his, you know, trilogy slash 10 movie origin story. And that <laughs> moment is basically his Uncle Ben moment, is yes. that he loses Aunt May. Uh, that's not his fault in the same way of like, you know, hey, stop that guy. Why should I do that? You know, but... Uh, you know, it is something that he caused. It, it's a lot more like Gwen Stacy dying, you know. So uh, what do you think about that about Peter? Do you think that there was an Uncle Ben? that we? I just always assumed when we met Tom Holland that Uncle Ben had happened because that's what happens to Peter Parker. But, I mean, this movie is really when I start to think like, oh, maybe, maybe it didn't. Do you think that there was an Uncle Ben? And do you think that, uh, you know, Aunt May is clearly such a huge part of his origin the uh, spider Holland, as it were. Yeah, I I had the same conversation with my buddy last night. I don't think Uncle Ben, at least the way that we've seen it before in 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 Toby's Spider-Man one, I don't think it happened in this in the MCU. And the fact that these between Civil War, Avengers three and four, and the uh, the spite the, the home trilogy, that kind of gives you this extended origin of Spider Tom, but. Um, it's it's really interesting because I used to joke to my friends that, you know, we had Rosemary Harris in the Spider-Man trilogy as Aunt May, and then we get younger with Sally Field in the duet, and then we get Marissa Tomei. I, I, I have jokingly called her Aunt Milf. <laughs> and then I told my students, if they reboot one more time, it'll be played by Hannah Montana. I mean, come on. <laughs> but, yeah. but again... Oscar-winning actors, she and Sally Field and Defoe and Jamie Foxx. But man, that moment where they they got me, they got me. I had no suspicion that they were gonna that they were gonna gank Aunt May in this movie. And in the comics, I'm like, you know, when they did that that uh, that volatile storyline uh, where uh, one more day where Aunt May is gonna die and Peter makes the deal with Mephisto to undo his wedding to his marriage to Mary Jane. And I, I thought I hated that. I, I can understand why Marvel corporate Marvel corporate wanted to do that, but I just hated the thing because it's like, Aunt May's been on death door for decades. Yeah. And that was interesting that uh, uh, our, our friend Eric Connor brought up was that essentially this was a big screen version of one more day because yep. he, he makes it with Stephen strange instead of Mephisto, but that's basically what he's doing. He's like, no, no, undo all of it. I mean, the stakes are so much higher. It's yeah, like, you know, it's like the universe is getting, you know, the universes are getting ripped apart. So just make it so everybody forgets. And then, you know, in conversation since seeing it, it's like people still know who Spider-Man is clearly because J. Jonah Jameson is on his rant about how it's like he needs to take his mask off. Like, why is he being a coward? You know, so that's like, and so the Avengers still know Spider-Man you know, uh, but they don't know that he's Peter Parker. Uh, and then the point was brought up uh, previously 
do only people on earth not know it? Does Carol Danvers know that his name is Peter Parker? Doesn't really matter that much, but it's, you know, it, it's the minutia that we take and we dissect because boy, is it going to be a long time before we get another Spider-Man movie, you know? So we really, we really have to go through this one with a fine tooth comb, you know? I don't know when, when you make it, when you make quarter of a billion dollars domestically and over half a billion dollars worldwide, third biggest opening worldwide to Avengers three and four. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> and mainly because they opened in China and this hasn't opened in China yet. I somehow think Sony might be Sony and Marvel studios might be having fast track discussions about getting. Yeah. I, yeah. Amy Pascal yet. said, uh, I think that she had to backtrack a little bit, but she, she basically said, well, yeah, of course we're going to keep working with Marvel because of the success of this. And you know, there's people at Sony that are like, yeah, but wouldn't it have been awesome if we could have kept all this money. You know, like, yeah. why do we got to share with Disney? You know, Disney's doing fine without us, uh, you know, giving them this. And look, the amount of money that it made is is not always indicative of the quality of a film. But I feel like in this one and the Avengers movies, people were so excited about it. And this is really the first big movie since uh, before the pandemic. You know, I mean, if you think about it, I was reading an article that pointed out that the last big blockbuster that made blockbuster money was uh star wars rise of skywalker that was wow. because the next like big successful movie after that was bad boys for life but that wasn't this kind of movie and yeah we've had a fast and furious movie we had black widow eternals shang chi but you know those did those did like good for pandemic money you know this is like you know, all time great money. So uh, I think that here's what I would like for studios to realize like, oh, if you give people a good movie, they're going to still go see it in the uh, theater. Yeah. But of course, this is what like the well, this is the 10th movie with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And it's like, uh, let's see, it's our ninth Spider-Man movie, 10th, if you count Spider-Verse. You know, I thought, so, it was just, I thought it was just the ninth, including Spider-Verse. Well, oh, uh, yeah, I think I gave Andrew Garfield a pretend movie that didn't happen. <laughs> In my mind, he got a third one. But no, you're right. Yeah. So with Spider-Verse, this is the ninth one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, it's it, look, it's exciting to see the success because the movie is so good. And it's excited. Like every time that I see somebody who was able to go and see it, even this many days later, by the way, it's only, as we're talking, it's only really three and a half days since it came out. Isn't that but crazy? But for people <laughs> who were able to get three and a half days without the spoilers, I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad to read that person's account, you know, that they were saying that they didn't know what was going to happen going into it. And I think, Yes, there are exceptions, but for the most part, people have been fairly respectful. Now, I think that, you, you know, there are people who have found things out that they didn't want to know, but the just the amount of effort that has gone into not spoiling it and the people who have seen it, for the most part, don't want to spoil this movie, you know? Uh, so I think that uh, it, it really has created the first event movie that people are having as a shared experience in a very long time, you know, really since that last star Wars movie. And it's, uh, it's crazy to think about that, uh, you know, it's really two full years. Cause that came out in the middle of December as well. It's essentially the same weekend as the calendar falls. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, what uh, what were some of the, uh, the the standouts for you, you know, in terms of little moments? I mean, we've talked about a lot of things, but when you think about this movie, uh, for me, it, it, it always goes back to Andrew Garfield and specifically that moment. Um, I, I also cried the second time I saw it and uh, I, I my wife didn't catch me because uh, she's <laughs> always mad that she never sees it. And I'm like, nope. Not going to look that way, but uh, what are, you know, but there's so much fun, fun moments and, you know, heartbreaking moments like that one. And also obviously Aunt May. Uh, but uh, what were some of the things that, you know, when you think about the movie, you, you really enjoyed Tom. One of the things I really like about it is that unlike, um, unlike homecoming, which it was a team, it was Marvel team up Spider-Man and Iron Man. I mean, it was very, I mean, you're going to pay all that money for Robert Downey Jr. You're going to use him a lot. Yeah. So that was much more of a team up movie. And then f far from home, I had friends who were very annoyed that Tony's ghost hung heavy over the movie. But despite all the villains, despite all the, despite the two other Spider-Men, this is Tom Holland's movie. Yeah. And this kid has the goods. It's funny. Uh, I had not seen um, oh, oh the movie he was in uh, with uh, Nick, with uh, Naomi Watts and uh, Ewan McGregor where he's the son uh, fact based docudrama about the massive typhoon and the he's the teenager who gets separated from his parents and the kids and the parents are trying to find each other and it's a true story but he had to carry that movie and I'm like this kid's really good and, and this was before Spider-Man right I think that that movie's called The Impossible I The Impossible that's what yeah. and if you haven't seen those of you out there in the uh in the inter in the interwebs or I guess we call it the metaverse check yeah. this movie out because young Tom Holland you know in his mid teens still had the goods and he's carrying this movie with Owen McGregor and Naomi Watts two terrific actors but fast forward to this movie it's his movie. I mean, despite all the complications going on, every major plot point is driven by decisions he make. And I was very glad that, and I love Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange, don't get me wrong, but I, they just used him as a plot engine. Yeah. They just used him to move the plot forward at, at, or complicated at specific points, but Tom Holland is driving the movie and he, you know, he's romantic with MJ. He's funny with Ned. It's heartbreaking when he realizes that he has he, he has jeopardized his friend's chance of getting into a good college. And when that first attack happens, and Paula Newsom, who should play Oprah if there's ever a, ever a biopic about <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, she's in the new CIS, CSI Vegas, the new revived CSI Vegas. Right. But um, that moment where he, he goes to intercept her to put in a good word, not for him, but for Ned and MJ, and then Doc Ock attacks. Yeah. And he saves her and wins her over. And for me, it's almost like this movie is, okay, you may not know what to think of me as Spider-Man because I've had to share so much screen time with other Avengers, but I'm going to prove to you that I am Spider-Man. I can encompass all the aspects of the comic book character. And dang it, you're going to love me by the time this movie's <laughs> over. Because he makes all these selfless decisions he's a good yeah kid. and uh uh dr ock realizes there's that moment where he's just like 
why are you fighting so hard for us? You, you, it would be so much easier for you to just let us die, you know, and just sort of that explanation of, you know, and, and it's the theme of the movie. That's what we do. This is what Spider-Man does. And yes, all these Spider-Man in their movies, Spider-Man in the comics, they have those moments where they do lose control a little bit. Something always pulls them back. And in this case, it was so fitting that it was another Peter Parker that stopped him from killing Norman Osborn, you know? And it's, I think that that sort of, I mean, I guess he's not really like a fatherly role, but like, you know, uncle, uncle. Spidey, he's like uncle, uncle Spidey. And, you know, just sort of like just that they don't say anything to each other. They just make that eye contact because they know what they're thinking. And it, it also is like, yeah, he's older, but I think he might actually be stronger than you. You know, in that moment, he's like, yeah, it's a it's a very Steve Rogers. I could do this all day. Uh, there's a conversation in the chat about the title, uh, No Way Home. And I think there's a lot of ways to uh, interpret that. Uh, Ivan Soto in the chat is talking about how to him it means that the way that the movie ends, there is no way home. There's no way back to Peter talks about like the one good week he had where MJ knew he was Spider-Man and he yep. wasn't all stressed out and didn't have to worry about it. There is no way home back to that. But there's also sort of this threat for the villains that there is no way home because when they snap back out of this reality, they're all going to die. And Peter actually gives them a way home. I think it's interesting to consider what happens when a cured version of all of these characters end up back in their respective universes. And I can't imagine that there will be a movie that deals with it, but uh, I, you know, a, a comic book series or even a novel, I would be very interested in just kind of exploring what happens. What does no way home mean to you, Thomas? For me, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head that you can't go back to the way things were right. as they can't be. Because the only way to do that is to is to to jeopardize the dreams of your your best friend and your girlfriend. And again, because Tom, <laughs> Tom, because Tom's Peter is extremely selfless. He specifically, even when he even when he talks to the admissions officer from from MIT, yeah. he doesn't talk about himself. He talks nope. about his friends, and then she says. And you as well, because yeah, and he's like, yeah, this isn't about me. She's like, no, it, it, yeah, you saved my life. The least I can do is hey, re reconsider this kid. Which, of course, now uh, you know it doesn't look like Peter's ever going to be able to go to MIT. But uh, no. who knows? No. Uh, Craig has a Craig Robinson from across the pond. I'm glad you finally got to see the movie. I know that uh, you didn't see it until yesterday, so you did a good job avoiding everything. Craig says, "I audibly gasped when it looked like they were going to kill off Toby. I did think in that moment, I'm like, wow, they really made a very bold decision right there." And uh, then to play it off with that, it's okay, I've been stabbed before. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that from a narrative standpoint, that would have been a, an amazing, impressive decision. But you already you already did us wrong with Aunt May. I'm Seriously. relieved. I'm relieved that uh, he survived. But I, I mean, look, the case can obviously be. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Thomas was adjusting the camera and now he's just showing off his iron spider uh, on his shirt, <laughs> which is really what it comes down to. And uh, for our visual listeners, yes, I am wearing the Spider-Man Christmas shirt uh, sweater again, but if you're lucky before the end of the show, I'll actually turn the lights on. Uh, but in any case, uh, you know, I think that uh, 
there were there were plenty of those moments of things that were surprising that uh yeah that one was a shock that it turned out fortunately didn't happen but there were so many surprises packed into the these two and a half hours and at the same time even though it is there is a depth to it there's a lot of darkness there's a lot of sadness along the way it is somehow it is really a fun movie i would not describe avengers endgame as fun it was an amazing impressive achievement but it wasn't fun even like moments where things were you know like like bro thor aka fat thor like that's funny (laughs) but that movie's not funny and it's not fun this movie still managed to be fun and uh thomas how hard do you think that is to have this this level of seriousness and just you know the heartbreak for peter uh tom holland peter uh and honestly andrew dealing with his continued heartbreak from what happened to gwen but it still manages to be fun how impressive is that to you i give my hats off to john watts and the screenwriters for that because it's it's tricky and you have the right actors to to pull this off but it could have been uh, i see ghost 8386 yeah ghost said exactly the same thing john watts did an excellent job with the homecoming trilogy uh, well, let's finish your thought and I'll say something about John Watts in a second. Just, just in terms of you want, I mean, a good drama is always going to have some comic relief. A good comedy is always going to have some dramatic moments. And to find that balance, because Spider-Man always, I mean, that's the thing about Spider-Man that's existed since his inception by uh, Stanley Stanley and Steve Ditko in the, in the 60s, is he's an ostensibly fun character, but he's rooted in tragedy. He's it's he's rooted in tragedy because he makes a selfish decision which directly leads to his uncle's death, and so his career basically is a huge act of atonement or penance for that. But there's always been levity in Spider-Man comics, but there always is a threat, and it's to do a Spider-Man story properly, you always have to walk that razor's edge between humor and pathos. And this movie just brought it out, uh, you know, guns, well, not webs ablazing instead of guns ablazing. This is in Captain <laughs> yeah. America after all. But yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the tone that John Watts and he assembled this great ensemble cast as the kids. So you can have, um, you know, Tony Revolori's Flash Thompson, who's completely, I'm Spider-Man's brother, but uh, or I'm his best yeah. friend, but I'm not going to do this for you until you do something for me. It's like, you know, he lets him act like a kid for the most part. But again, even before he gets the mantra this time by, from Aunt May, with great power comes great responsibility. And she has to tell him after her, I was not expecting her death. No, I was definitely him, not expecting that in this movie. She has yeah. to tell him, this is not how I raised you. This is not who you are. Because he really, I mean, he's he's getting ready to walk on the dark side like Toby was in Spider-Man 3. And Tom doesn't need a symbiote. He just needs anger and yeah and guilt. But man, I just, I admire them, you know, all of the cast, crew, and especially Watts for being able to pull this off because it was a roller coaster ride. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, in terms of John Watts, uh, Daniel Drew brought up the point I was going to make. Makes me excited for his take on Fantastic Four. And uh, is he confirmed for Fantastic Four? I don't think that's confirmed. I think that's what people are expecting. And I think this movie certainly shows that he is able to handle so many different moving parts and such, you know, 
complex characters that uh, I would love for him to be the one to do Fantastic Four. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we uh, we still don't have a, a good Fantastic Four movie. Uh, I, I will always point up on my, point out on my various shows that ironically, the best Fantastic Four movie is still the one that Roger Corman did in nineteen. Seriously, somehow like, that's the best one. He had like no money, and still yeah. he got the characters. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean the the last one, the Fan Fantastic with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Kate Mara, and I Miles wanted to Taylor. walk out of the theater, and I was on an airplane. <laughs> you would have been justified what happened to him like oh did you see what he's watching oh yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah look there's so much excitement in terms of that and then the repercussions i mean uh the the end credit is basically a trailer for dr strange and the multiverse of madness but that combined this movie combined with wandavision clearly that is uh, going to and be Loki. the next major threat. Yeah, of course, you're right. Absolutely. And and Loki as well. So dealing with these multiverses and, uh, you know, and again, this is just so clearly the way to bring the X-Men in that uh, it's even more exciting, you know, and you can bring them one at a time. You want to bring Wolverine first because you uh, haven't been able to make any Wolverine money in a while, eh, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, yeah, there's so much about the future uh, and I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, there was this rumor that there would be another Tom Holland trilogy, which I think is not confirmed, but everyone is talking in terms of Feige and Amy Pascal at Sony that we'll see more of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And I, oh, yeah. I don't, I think even if this were intended to be uh, the last one that clearly uh, they're going to uh, find a way to do that. But you know, sort of like, uh, you know, the the first the mid credit scene with Tom Hardy, uh, I kind of forgot because so much had happened in the movie. But after uh, Venom 2, there was this excitement of like, oh, my God, like Venom's going to be in that that crazy, you know, Spider-Man multiverse movie. And then he wasn't. Psych. But <laughs> yeah. But then, he you know, he leaves behind a, a, a little a little symbiote. So. You know, that is just another way where we're just dealing with excitement about what the possibilities are for the future, you know? So it's like, all right, so now they have a reason that they can have Venom. And then I guess the Venom movies can still exist outside of the MCU. Uh, but it's like, well, they've gone over once, you know? So uh, I don't know. What are some of your, maybe your biggest questions or your hopes for what's coming next in terms of uh, any, any one of, of these threads that uh, we're able to pull on at the end of this movie. Well, the thing I find fascinating is that Venom 2 confirmed that the Sony-verse movies are in their own... They're in their own universe. Because right. when Venom crosses over to our... To, six, to the MCU... Yeah. In, in his post-credit scene, and then in... Uh, in in no way home's post credit scene when he left the when he left the the bit of symbiote behind I'm, for me the ship has kind of sailed because they decided to do a venom movie not connected to you know tom holland's spider-man at all so, right and they went straight from venom as villain to venom as anti-hero so I'm, for me it's like uh no we've we've done that just yeah. you know, move on move on um, I really am hoping against hope, especially with the introduction of Kate Bishop 
and Yelena and uh, Wicca and Wiccan and Speed on WandaVision and Peter and and more characters forthcoming, you know, Ms. Marvel. Right, I mean, like, like uh, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, Riri Williams, Ironheart. So yeah, there's this, you know, I mean, Young Avengers. In, in 2023, we're going to get, I don't know quite what the timeline is, but I think uh, Ms. Marvel is early in the year. Uh, so we're going to get all these characters basically next year. Uh, bef- by the time we get to Doctor Strange in May, we'll, we'll have gotten to spend more time. So you feel like Young Avengers is where we're heading, right? I want Young Avengers, man. I want Young Avengers. I mean, just that 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 macaroni and cheese scene in last week's Hawkeye with Yelena and Kate Bishop. And of course, Yelena always calls her Kate Bishop. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that that scene was gold. And well, that's the thing too. And uh, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, if people are watching this show, I'm sure they're caught up on uh, Hawkeye. That that did premiere almost a week ago. And the thing about Yelena is that I legitimately felt like she stole the Black Widow movie from Scarlett Johansson, who she was did. not bad in that movie at all. She did. She was good in the movie, but Yelena was just better. So then Yelena comes into Hawkeye's show, where arguably Hawkeye is having his show stolen by Haley Steinfeld. Well, then Yelena comes in and steals it from both of them. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, the photograph on the cell phone then steals the entire series from every actor. Just a still <laughs> photo, really. So, uh, you know, and I, I, yeah, again, so that goes back to such a great time to be a nerd because you're getting all this Spider-Man stuff, all this Marvel stuff and just the excitement for what it means for the future. And also the fact that we're not forgetting about everything in the past, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. these, these aren't like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies where the previous ones didn't happen. And some of them shouldn't have happened, but some (laughs) of them, some of them could have happened, you know, like, the first two Batman, the first two Superman, the Richard Donner ones I'm speaking about, you know, mm-hmm. those those are all movies that could have happened. Uh, it's usually three and four tend to be the ones that didn't happen. Woo! What yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, although, you know, watching watching uh, Superman with Richard Pryor is uh, is hard to beat. But in any case, I rewatched that a few years ago. Oh, and I'm no. Like, how much blow was being done at Warner Brothers Pictures at that time? Because yeah, that movie just question. makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, and so the idea that we're we're honoring the legacy of Spider-Man on screen, and the excitement about the continuity of the Netflix shows, perhaps, and I think we'll know very soon as to whether or not that you know by the time people are hearing this, some people will already know one way or the other. So it it is it is exciting, and there's so much potential. Um, but this was such a great movie and uh, I've seen it twice. And the last movie I saw more than twice in the theater was Endgame. but this is more fun. And now I have the AMC a list. So it's like, I wouldn't even have to pay to go see it again. So it's like, I kind of have to go see it again. Just not until the new year. There's no time for me to go. There's, there's a, you know, this movie's called no way home. There's no way out of my home when my kids (laughs) break. Um, But with so much on the horizon, Thomas, is there one thing that you're, you know, you mentioned young Avengers. Is that the thing that you're like, that's what I'm most excited for. Or is, is it, is it the next Dr. Strange movie? What, what do you think that, you know, we're going to get in 2023 that you're most looking forward to boy that we we know we're getting in 2023. I'm most excited for, I would probably say Dr. Strange multiverse of madness, just because I will be very interested to see 
how all these threads we've been building. I mean, the fact that What If is not a throwaway series. That creature, I don't know the name, the Chagorth, you know, the yeah, green yeah. octopusy type thing with the big eye or whatever. The fact that that shows up in the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness clips at the end of No Way Home. Yeah. You know, all those... And it looks like one of the villains of Multiverse of Madness is going to be uh, that evil version of Doctor Strange from What If. So it's just, I, I think that movie is going to be crazy. And aside from whatever's going on with Wanda, I mean, hopefully she'll be able to pluck Wicca and Wiccan and Speed out of wherever they are. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And then, but, and, then um, and then explain to us that the Evan Peters Quicksilver really was the Quicksilver from the X-Men universe and not just an actor who sent in a headshot. <laughs> um, what I think is kind of interesting is um, will they kind of, I'm wondering since uh, Kang is kind of being primed as a big bad for yeah. phase four, will we see some aspect or some permutation of Kang in uh, Multiverse of Madness because Jonathan Majors has been on the paycheck for a while and yeah yeah we know we're going to get him in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, but that doesn't mean I mean we saw we saw He Who Remains which in this iteration is a, a version of Kang and there's also all the other characters who are Kang like Ramatut and Immortus yep. and uh, I'm forgetting others you know uh, but yeah, so I mean, I think that yeah, this the specter of Kang uh, somewhere down the road is is uh, very exciting. Uh, Ghost eighty three eighty six uh, says Feige announced Marvel Studios was developing a Fantastic Four film for the MCU with John Watts announced as a director in December twenty twenty. So uh, that I mean, I I hope that that's true, and uh, I I look I think he is an excellent choice mm -hmm. for it. Uh, Daniel Drew says a new run of Kate Bishop Hawkeye just started two weeks ago. And I'm reminded that she is not only Kate, uh, not only is Kate friends with America Chavez, Chavez, who we are almost certain we see in uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse yep. of Madness, that trailer. She's also friends with Cassie Lang, who who is now uh, five years older, which uh, and has been recast again. <laughs> yeah. And Jessica Jones. Uh, so uh, who I believe. Uh, Chris and Ritter would be happy to play uh, Jessica Absolutely. Jones again. And I've, I've said this before that if the Netflix characters were to return and they only recast iron fist, I don't think anybody's going to be upset. Now I am an <laughs> iron fist apologist because I like the character and I thought that the show wasn't as bad as people thought it was. And I thought the second season was so much better, but the way that that show ended Colleen wing was the iron fist. So great. Just leave it like that. That's fine. <laughs> then everybody's going to be happy, you know? So you know, we don't we don't have to be upset. There's just too much to be excited about is what it, what it really comes down to. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to continue the conversation talking more about No Way Home because there is still so much more to say. Uh, you know, I, I, seeing it a second time, there were so many things. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like so excited when I saw this. But then there's all the other stuff that made me forget it. There's a point in the week last week where I forgot about Charlie Cox being in it because of all the other stuff. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Charlie Cox was in that movie, too. You know, so I don't know. There's just there's so much, so much fun, so much excitement. And uh, I, I look forward to being able to talk more about it with our audience, but also with our friend Thomas Parham. And Thomas, if people want to keep in touch with you, how do they do that? 
You can follow me on Twitter at Blurred PhD and Instagram, Blurred PhD, but they don't do caps. So, yeah, but either way, yeah. So it's 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 Blurred PhD in both places, but uh, some are are not uh, as particular. Uh, they're not case sensitive, as it were. <laughs> uh, and as always, you can find me at Christian DMZ Twitter and Instagram, and of course, subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube channel where you can see video versions of shows just like the one we're finishing right now. And that is uh, under the umbrella of our show, Marvel movie talk, which we do every week. And those of you who are watching this live on Monday, December 20th, please stay up late with us Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, because at 1am Pacific time, we will be discussing the season finale of Hawkeye. That is, 4 a.m. Eastern time. And we did this before with what if Thomas, Oh, you'd be no. surprised how many people stayed up. Seriously. Uh, there were people on the East coast. Like, you know, for those of us, it's honestly, I have like a, a crazy schedule from December 23rd onward. And I'm like, if we don't do it late that night, I can't do it until at least the 27th. And oh, wow. I feel like that Hawkeye finale is going to be crazy. And there's going to be so much to talk about. Uh, you know, finally tying up that story, but just what it means uh, in terms of the future. Uh, so uh, that's why we're doing it then. But you can always uh, keep in touch with the show and all the shows. We do a number of shows on the Blackcast YouTube channel. You can find them all there. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Thomas. This was fun. I don't know that we ever actually did a show together before. I, I've known you for quite some time, but uh, this is the first time we've ever actually done this. So I really appreciate you taking the time for it. My pleasure. Hopefully it won't be the last time. Yes, uh, hopefully it won't. And, uh, you know, we were supposed to have our mutual friend Will Sterling on today. So uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he'll be excited to talk, you know, maybe Flashpoint with uh, with you and I. And uh, <laughs> if there's if there's too much Barry Allen in it, he's going to hate Flashpoint. He's going to say, where's Wally West? That's going to be the whole conversation. Don't, you know, give, so. me, don't give me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get you started now, but I will get you started <laughs> in the future. Continuing the conversation on Spider-Man No Way Home with the aforementioned William J. Sterling. Caitlin Cornell and Jeff Williams Jr. Uh, very excited to talk more about this movie, which uh, I'm only mad that I've only seen twice. And uh, I, I should have seen it at least five times by now, but I've only seen it once. And uh, one, one Kate, for every uh, uh, villain that comes back. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's what I should do. Yeah. Uh, Kate, I, I believe you just saw it recently. Did you I go did. see it with our friend uh, Happy Chappy? I did see it with Happy Cappy. Yeah. Shout out to Happy Cappy. Um, we saw it together on when did we see it? New Year's Eve. It was Eve. over the weekend, right? Oh, New yeah, Year's it was Eve. New Year's Eve nice. that we saw it. That was our little like treat. So how did you do going if that's two full weeks from release? Were were there major spoilers in your life, or was the internet slash social media surprisingly less shitty about this movie, and you managed to be legitimately Honestly, surprised about some stuff? The internet was great. Like it wasn't really until today that I saw spoilers, and I didn't like yeah. do a cleanse of social media. I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to see it until I feel safe, COVID wise. Um, and I was working so all the way up until Christmas. 
Right. So you you circled 2025 on your calendar, but then decided yeah. that uh, New Year's Eve was OK. But then it was fine. Yeah. Um, no, because I I, uh, I I was so careful about this. It was the like I made sure that there was a space between like me, Cappy and like other people. And then people sat next yeah. to me anyway because I didn't know where their seats were. And I'm like, oh. yeah, yeah <laughs> goes yeah. to show that no matter how well you plan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but th- I felt like the internet did a really good job on this one. I feel like they really respected the material, not to say that the fans are disrespectful, but like it, 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 there was definitely more of like, a uh, that, that poster that Marvel had put out with, with Spider-Man going like this, that was yeah. what was kind of like commented of like, I saw the movie, I'm not going to say anything. And it was kind of just like a tip of the hat, like respect. And I think it's honestly because of we're, we're going through a pandemic and people are more, aware that other people are have safety concerns so it's yeah. less about like i didn't get off work to see it on the on the weekend or i wasn't with my kids it's like i don't feel comfortable going to see it in a theater and this is the only place i can yeah. see it so i think people were more um i think that's that's why people were more like considerate yeah before i saw the the press screening that i went to there was uh they had filmed something special that i assume went before all the early screenings and Whenever I hear Tom Holland with his British accent, I'm just like, no, you have to stop. It It hurts my ears. Like, that's not what you're supposed to sound like. But it was him. uh, I'm charted he's got an American American accent, accent too. I think we're just trying to, like, you know, he's American now. We're, like, trying to take him. Yeah. What was that? You're saying it's the reverse of Benedict Cumberbatch for me? With an American accent. I'm like, stop it. Doctor Strange should be British. I don't give a shit if he's not in the comics. Benedict Cumberbatch has a beautiful British accent, and his American accent is terrible. Well, Peter, I yes. feel like you've gotten into to... some trouble here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. I hate it. Dr. House and Dr. Strange. Yeah, exactly. Dr. House. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And so anyway, there was this thing beforehand that they were just like, look, you're going to see the movie and you're going to understand why. <laughs> don't spoil the movie, whatever. And they go into the whole thing. And even Jamie Foxx got in and he's like, yeah, don't spoil it. And they're like, Jamie, you're a spoiler. But he wasn't really because he no, was in, the, he was he was in, in the, the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the villains were the, I feel like the they, they, they gave you the villains. Yeah. And then made the whole entire trailer about the villains because of what they were really trying to protect. And I got to give props to like Andrew Garfield because he was oh. so like hardcore, like, like I think there was one interview where he's like, can you just stop asking me? I'm not yeah. like, he was like, yeah, that was, <laughs> a, I think that was on the, that was on the tonight show with, yeah. I think, with Jimmy Fallon. And then, so obviously it's to some degree a bit like they knew he would react that way, but yeah, I mean, he had to say like, yeah, no, I'm not in it. And it's like, of course he had to say that, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, what's he going to do? Like, yeah, yeah. It was so fun. Oh wait. Oops. Sorry. But uh, so uh, I'll, I'll go around and ask everybody, but you first, Kate, just overall feelings as the movie ended. How did you feel about that two and a half hours you spent with Spidey? Spideys. Spideys. Um, I thought that they did a really good job. I thought this was the best and not just because there was all of them in there. I thought this was the best Spider-Man film that, that has been made um, because I got to see why all of them were really good Spider-Men. I think the writers did a really good job at capturing the difference between Tobey Maguire's voice, Andrew Garfield's voice and Tom Holland's voice and why they were good in their own respective franchises and then um, gave them all a piece of closure in a way. And um, it was also something about um, the difference between saving someone and healing someone. And like, what is the question like of, what does a hero do? They save people, but how do they save people? And it's the, um, 
I, I really liked that question and how they went through it. So the sacrifice meant more at the end that it was, can you give up being Spider-Man or can you, can you, yeah. can everyone forget that I'm Spider-Man versus can everyone forget that I'm Peter Parker because Spider-Man's more important. It was very, very close to uh, the Captain America thing of like the, the look of Captain America and the symbol of Captain America was almost more important than Steve Rogers, but one can't exist without the other. Right. So yeah, I, yeah that, that was my thought. I really, I really enjoyed it. The second that Aunt May said the great power, great responsibility line, I'm just like, fuck, she's going to die. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, no, don't take her. Yeah, don't don't, don't take her from us. Don't, uh, you, just, Jeff, you just jinxed yourself, bro. You just jinxed yeah, yourself. Yeah. I know, you said it. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that's like in a yeah. horror movie. Like, I'll be right back. No, you oh, oh, oh. Uh, Jeff, uh, big, uh, big overall thoughts for you on No Way Home. Overall thoughts, <clears throat> I feel I very I feel very similar in the fact that mm -hmm. I thought it was a great culmination of all three films, all three like um, generations of films, and then the same in that you got to see the differences in between the different Spider Men, and that you, their stories still continue to this one, especially with Andrew Garfield and the fact that he was still dealing with. Um, um Gwen Stacy's death and everything like that I thought that was really cool and just how he he kind of redeemed himself a little bit at the end of this um <clears throat> I did have some issues with it you kind of touched on the on the Aunt May stuff we'll get into that obviously, yeah, no, make, obviously make sure we get into it yeah yeah obviously there's um we have an into a spider-verse with only three spider-men we teased a third a fourth spider-man for three films but you know we still didn't get one. Well, yeah, well, and and we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, Will uh, the this film for me was great for a lot of reasons, but because I feel vindicated on Andrew Garfield, who, if our other friend Jeff were here, Jeff Duray would point out that Andrew Garfield loves lasagna and hates Mondays, and uh, I, I think that uh, we miss having Jeff Duray on the show uh, for this uh, conversation. But uh, in his honor, I make sure to make his joke that uh, I'm sure he'll find an opportunity to share with us at some point. Because, Will, you know, I am probably the amazing Spider-Man 2 apologist. Uh, yeah, you that's, your, yourself, uh, that's your Batman yeah, versus Superman for me. You're, yeah. you're one of many people who consider yourself an apologist for Batman versus Superman, which I don't think, I think it's good. I don't have to apologize. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I know. Like but you it. get characterized. As that. <laughs> and I think. I, I think it gets painted with a with a broad brush for uh, what's bad about it, but there's a lot of stuff that's great about mm -hmm. that movie, uh, and that it's yeah. So you had texted me after you saw it that it really is. It's it's my Batman versus Superman. It's like it's the yeah. one where you know, and I know everything that's wrong with Amazing Spider-Man two, and it's that they were trying to you know set up three movies that still to this point have not been made, you know, and and that and putting too many things into it. Yeah. Uh, but his Spider-Man. I think was uh, was great. I've said in previous conversations, earlier conversations, that I think his origin story uh, played out very well in the first Amazing Spider-Man, and I prefer it to the Sam Raimi one as much as I, I enjoyed that movie. Um, but uh, and just from an, a performance standpoint, from a writing standpoint, Andrew Garfield had so much to work with in this movie. And, it, it, you know, he was was really it's sort of the perfect continuation of a story that I think we all assumed 
yeah. was done. You know, so uh, Will, I wanted to kind of set you up to talk. You can start with Andrew Garfield, but obviously talk about uh, everything about the movie. But but yeah. there is a petition to do Amazing Spider-Man three. Just wanted to let everybody know that. I mean, I, I mean, is he gonna be is he gonna be Venom Spider-Man though? Because there is still I, there's still opportunity. Well, I, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man three. You know, with Andrew yeah. Garfield is what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great. Yeah, I mean, and. Uh, Look, you could you could uh, have a petition for a Spider-Man with Nicholas Hammond, who was Spider-Man in the 1978 television series, and I would be there. If you want to bring somebody... back Jap if you want to bring back Japanese Spider-Man, I will also be oh, there for that. That's you know? the one I wanted. The, like the Transformers, Spider-Zord. Oh, yeah, um, and the motorcycle. Yeah, um, <laughs> but somebody asked for this. this. Go ahead. The TVs, so. the seventies TV Spider-Man. If he was in it, and he was like, "No, nobody asked me." <laughs> like and, and that's not that's not like, him pulling. Oh, I didn't get the call. That's not him pulling Andrew Garfield. That's literally nobody. <laughs> he, asked nobody him. asked him. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh, that would have been a funny, you know, put an old How man could... in it. There's no Stan Lee anymore. Put put him in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I I hope that maybe this inspires uh, what are those guys' names, Lord Miller, to call him for Into the Spider Verse two, even if it's just yeah. for a cameo where he's on the television. Yeah, uh, but. Anyway, big picture, Will, uh, about No Way Home. I wanted to uh, ha have you have this conversation. I, I was disappointed that uh, obviously, you know, th things come up. Uh, I would have uh, it would have been fun for you to be a part of the conversation I had with our mutual pal, Thomas Parham, about all of this. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad we're finding time about it. But yeah. Yeah. I'm glad um, we're finding time to talk about it now. So uh, your thoughts on No Way Home. Well, first off, I think that you have now spent way more hours dedicated talking to this movie than you did to Amazing Spider-Man 2 many years ago in the Black Cast. So if you added all these hours up, it could be the ultimate yeah. conversation episode. That, that, it's uh, so true. I'm proud of Just you. As a, Number one, as is a I'm proud footnote, of you. As, as Black Cast historian, as a footnote, the uh, the the uh, uh, the previous record setting episode for the Black Cast was, I remember, it was Black Cast episode 60. Uh, it was two and a half hours, uh, and we talked about uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, but uh, that that record has been obliterated uh, by subsequent Spider-Man movies, and our, our record is now at two hours and 56 minutes. Oh, uh, so Easily, easily breakable. Um, right, right this afternoon, easily. <laughs> I uh, I agree. I think uh, I think it's it's up there. There's something good about parts of all the Spider-Man movies, and and if you and going back and looking at them, it's hard to judge just because of how much we've grown and changed in terms of these universes. Since, like, if you watch 2002 Spider-Man now, you'd be like, ah, none of this makes any sense, and it's super corny. But when it first came out, I was like, this is. I'll never, there never needs to be another movie ever again. This movie's fucking amazing. And then the second one was even better, and it was like to see all of that kind of come into one single universe where they were sort of all teamed up, like working together for a second swinging. I genuinely like thought to myself, like if you asked 13 or 14 year old me in 2002, like, can you imagine watching this movie 20 years from now? It'd have been like, that's fucking never going to happen. And like, just to know that this is the kind of movies that comic book fans have now is like, I just, I never could have imagined. It was exciting to see Venom in the animated Spider-Man cartoon. I thought that was going to be the, the greatest Spider-Man story ever. And so like just the sense of wonder and like awe about being able to have something like this that's really special. And I think storytelling wise, it's up there for sure in the top. I'd say top three. I think I think Spider-Man 2 into the Spider-Verse and then this are probably like yeah. three. I mean, the, yeah, those are all, I uh, 
up until this movie, I've always said that Spider-Man 2 is my favorite Spider-Man movie and possibly my favorite superhero film. I go back and forth between that and the second X-Men movie. But the, this has what I love about Spider-Man 2, which is Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. <laughs> so yeah. this, this takes that and somehow makes the character even more interesting, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Willem Dafoe taking his, you know, cartoony scenery chewing interpretation of the green goblin and just adding like multiple layers to it. You know, the, there's always the talk about, you know, in star Trek, Mr. Spock plays like 3d three level chess. This is like fifth dimension level stuff. What he does as, as, as uh, Norman Osborn, but then also alternating back and forth with the goblin, which by the way, that is a very tough thing to do and pull off with the, Oh no, I'm scared, but now I'm evil. Like to that, turn is not easy to pull off uh and i I feel like you're about to jump in kate well there there's an aspect of this which is very interesting where they cast this so good years ago they got like the best of the best to do what they do and i know that alfred molina was more freed up to be more into the character because of the technology that is now available to him. He was able to be on a rig and move around and not be kind of tied down by, you know, where the, the, you know, the original um, arms were puppets. And now they're not, now they're digital Mm -hmm. because the digital, like the digital world is, has caught up to a real life puppet. So he was just on a rig. So he was able to kind of do more with his body because he wasn't bogged down by puppets. So I'm wondering if a similar thing happened to, uh, Willem Dafoe and all of these other actors um, that were really great when they were cast. I mean, they were some of the best casting choices in a, in a superhero movie. And I think it surprised everyone and put superhero movies kind of on a forefront to get an actor like Willem Dafoe in the first Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're taking this seriously. This is a good story. We've got some great talent and this is not a kid's movie. This is for adults. This is real. And this is a good story. And we're dealing with really interesting themes. And I think that's why the first Spider-Man really kicked off like, oh, these superhero movies aren't just comic movies. They're successful. They're good stories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've uh, brought up uh, previously, but it's always worth mentioning that uh, Willem Dafoe insisted on doing some of his own stunts in this movie, uh, Mm -hmm. which at, at his age is you know, crazy, but, uh, you know, consistent with, uh, what we think of him. Uh, Jamie Foxx said that he wouldn't be in the movie if he had to be blue. Uh, and man, you know, what a, uh, a, a reinvention of a character that I, was gonna say, I appreciated so their better. retcon of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that was essential. And, uh, I think that the origin of his character, Max was fine. It was once he became electro that it was like, Ooh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, in a way, it's very comparable, I think, for Wonder Woman 1984, where I'm like, no, Kristen Wiig's doing it. Great. It's working. It's working. Oh, it does not work anymore. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's right. sort of that mistake. And it's kind of what I'm talking about, about Willem Dafoe, the alternating between the, you know, the before and after. Not everybody can pull it off. But you're right. When you bring actors of, of this caliber, you know, 20 years ago, really, uh, and, and having them revisit it. I mean, you know, I mean, Thomas Hayden Church is not huge in this movie, but I mean, when he was chosen to play Sandman, I mean, it was definitely at the height. It was it was the height of his moment. It was like right after Sideways, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to Topher Gray. Sorry that he wasn't able to make it into the movie. But, uh, 
I, I, I love him in everything except Spider-Man 3. I've never seen him in anything except that that I didn't like him. But so. they mentioned it. Yes, they definitely mentioned it. They did <laughs> mention it. Shadow. And arguably, yeah. like, I think would also help that, that at least the first transition into, because they, they didn't really transition from uh, Norman Osborn to um, Green Goblin too many times. And when yeah. they did, it was very, very pointed. Like, mm-hmm. he only transformed once, and he transformed back once. Yeah. So, and I think what helped that transition was the camera work and the body camera work, especially because uh, they attached a body camera to Tom Holland to do the the dis- kind of weird displacement effect um, right. on uh, when he did the Spidey senses. And then yeah, it was everything it became to... a little bit more like, and I like that the body camera is being used a little bit more. It's like a weird Spike Lee effect. Like they did it in Witcher season two a lot, but I, I, I like that they're, it's very unsettling when it, when the the actor is moving and the camera's very close and like you're not quite sure yeah. what's happening in the background. I think it was a really good way to use that effect to make that transition a little less harsh so that the actor didn't have to do all the heavy lifting. The camera was helping too. Yeah, and I mean I think that's another great advantage of, you know, the just the the technology, you know, coming so much further. And yeah, but to your point, I'm glad it doesn't have like a Stefan Urkel uh, quality where it's like he's going back and forth too easily. Or oh, for, a ge- for a generation a for a generation before uh when in Charles in Charge, he would change to Chaz and everybody would just yeah. like, take a turn yeah. hitting him on the head. You know, the, the, the to change personalities uh, obviously is not something to do so lightly. And uh, no. uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to make the hot take that No Way Home <laughs> has a more deft touch than Family Matters or Charles in Charge. And I will die on that hill. All right. You ready to you fight me it. on it? Come on. You heard fight it here me. first, guys. <laughs> yeah. You definitely heard it here first. Not last, but first. Uh, Jeff, you brought up, uh, you know, some, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't want to say that they're problems, but sort of issues with the film. Uh, so let's start off with what I think is a very funny exchange, but it's at least a nod to the fact that Miles Morales is not in this movie. Yes. Is, you know, Jamie Foxx saying to Andrew Garfield, like, yeah, I always thought you'd be black, you know, and just his response being, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was great. Love don't get that. me don't get me wrong. I I enjoyed the whole um, interaction. I, I thought it was I thought it was levity to like the the whole scene and kind of just a nod like okay he's not going to be in this film but like we know that people want it. We know that that's a thing. And then also Tom Holland has been talking about how there needs to be um, other representation and stuff for our other Spider Man as well. So I was like. We're teasing it. We're teasing it. I'm cool with it. With that being said, it's three films in. I would have loved for for more. So that was that was my only nod. Yeah. But um, but that by by no means did that take away from any part of the film. I still enjoyed it for for every part of it. I still enjoyed it for all the nostalgia uh, parts and and hopefully, um, now that uh, our Tom Holland's gonna be in college, we need a young um a young Miles in high school to to handle the street level stuff. Yeah, I mean, Technic- uh, you technically know, not. Like, what's that? Technically not. What that he's technically not? not in college yet. No. Well, oh, we don't know what he's going to do. Like he might not actually go. To, like, he's not going to go to MIT. There was a sure. GED bu- uh, book in the box oh, yeah. at the apartment, so he's going to self school. He has to finish high school, which I really yeah. like that and they're like, even though he's Spider Man and he's off the records and he doesn't have to go to school, kids, you should well, go to school. 
Then, then they can go with the uh, comic book accurate, uh, which always was baffling that this kid was brilliant, but he goes to Empire State University. You know, I mean, if you're going to make up a fake college, you know, give it a better name than that. Uh, so I, I feel I feel like Stan had that on a chalkboard. I remember when I invented Empire State University and I thought that Peter Parker should go. Scott Summers should go. Not Reed Richards. He's too old. Anyway, what were you going to say, Jeff? I was going to uh, just, this is kind of a little off topic, but you know who, um, you know who else is going to MIT, right? At Sorry, the same uh, time. I lost you for a second. Uh, you're saying someone went to MIT at the same time? I said, do you know who else is going to MIT at the same time as uh, MJ and uh, Ned? No. Is R- Riri Williams is supposed to be at MIT yeah. at the same exact nice. time. So hopefully there are some interactions there. With with uh, with uh, we'll uh, Ironheart, with Ironheart, yeah, yeah, that, damn. Uh, so you you brought up Aunt May, and uh, I'm kind of wondering, did you feel like she shouldn't have died, or do you feel like it was important for for this Peter that that's what happens to him? Because there's, I've had the conversation with a few people already. We never knew for sure that there was an uncle Ben in the Tom Holland, Spider-Man story. I got so, confused by that. Yeah, There may yeah. not have that been that speech. had already I happened. I don't think there was. Yeah. I don't and, think it was ever mentioned. Yeah. I just figured and he was like, Oh, he's dead. He already on. told him that that's why well, he becomes Spider-Man. Now he's Spider-Man. Like we just, you know, it yeah. was a Batman and, yeah. story without the origin. Right. And that, that you're never going to get a Batman story where you don't People see, love to see the, the, Wayne the, the Wayne get murdered. Everybody. Yeah, the, the Wayne's always have to get murdered. Always murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, look, she dropped a pearl necklace again. But uh, in any case, yeah, so uh, I, it's almost like he needed that because he didn't have the Uncle Ben moment. Yeah. But yeah. when we first saw him, you know, in Civil War and then in his own movie, just the impression was, yeah, the Uncle Ben stuff, of course, happened. Mm. But they've done it twice. And at that point, the previous, like, I don't know, 15 years, they oh, were like, let's not tell it again. But maybe there is no Uncle Ben. Is uh, What were you going to say, Kate? No, I actually don't think so, because just how he uh, uh, behaved himself, like he wasn't as haunted as the other two. Yeah. Um, so just in the 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 behavior, I mean, I think the big loss was was Stark. Honestly, I think Stark was his yeah. version of Uncle Ben. And then losing a member of his family, I think, got kind of sorry. I'm not I'm going to say this as kindly as I can <laughs> got her out of the way for the sacrifice at the end of everyone forgetting him. Cause it's like, wait, how come her, his aunt can't remember? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah so I, I think I think got the family mm-hmm. out of the way. I, I think from a story standpoint, you can understand him giving up uh, MJ and look, especially Ned, but for if oh, aunt no. may still, <laughs> I know I love Ned. I'm He's going to become the hot goblin. You start shitting on him now. So it motivates his yep. anger to become a, exactly. I can't wait until it's he's too nice right now. we got to be mean yeah. to him. He's yeah. gonna. He doesn't know who. He doesn't know Tom is now. So like, he has no reason yeah. to be happy about Spider Man. Spider Man's gonna do something <laughs> to piss Ned off. It's a wrap. It's it's yeah. it's a, not the hobgoblin. But yep. um, getting back on getting back on Aunt May, yeah, it was yeah, nothing. Yeah. It was nothing that that um, overarching. Like it's fine. I'm cool with her giving the speech. It was literally the beats that happened and and that made the speech happen. So. If you remember, they were both in the in the um, wherever they're fighting, uh, wherever the Goblin and Spider Man are fighting, and then Ad, May, outside of uh, Happy's bachelor pad. Is Happy's where bachelor yeah. pad. But but once but once they get to the bottom floor, Aunt May is there yeah. as well, and then yeah. 
he he like throws a bomb at him. And I know this is great. This is a great description of how the film went. But either way, we're going to just go with bear with me. We're going to just he just throws the bomb. And then both Tom and Aunt May, both Spider-Man and Aunt May are down. Aunt May gets up first. She's cool. Everything's fine. She wakes up Spider-Man and like, hey, are you okay? Tell talks about it, gives him the whole speech. And then you're like, you know what? I'm actually really hurt. I just didn't fall for it. Like it just didn't work for me how she got up first, how like it, it just seemed like he was more hurt than she was at first. <clears throat> that's Jeff, that's what anyone... I was like. I was I was like, okay, she just needed to do the speech and then she could die again. Like I was like, I they could have just did it earlier or something. Yeah. Jeff, has anyone ever characterized you as dead inside or am I the first one to put that out there? I mean, just on a first on a black cast. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, I I, look, I do understand. I mean, I I think that, you know, you can justify and make excuses for it, but look, it didn't connect with you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that there was just the shock as an audience member before she says with great power comes great responsibility where you're like uh oh but then i think it was just yeah intentional writer's misdirection so that way you didn't know what was going to happen until she said the words because if she's laying there on the ground you're like ah fuck she's dead she's gonna die and then she'd say (laughs) you're like yeah she's gonna die so for her to get up say it like i don't know if they really care about the logic they're like we just don't want the audience to think she's gonna die until she says those words and then you're like Oh no, those are the that's the kiss of that's death. The kiss of death. Yeah. That, yeah. The the way I and maybe this is just me coming from a different perspective, um, totally get where you're coming from because like the second the words came out and some of the the dialogue a little bit between them was a little like clocky, and that's what hit me a little bit. But the actions that you're talking about, I feel like from my perspective, there's an aspect of when you are a caretaker to someone, and also we just saw like Tom Holland go through like four flights of of just pure pure floor where he just like boom and he's like i'm like i don't know if i could get up after that even with the spidey powers it's like he just got the crap kicked out of him um never say never you haven't been there yet i haven't been That's there true. yet you could you could, you could be the you'll be the Kate, one and Kate's out. only fallen through two floors so <laughs> you know that yeah, i know so, of. Yeah. um <laughs> but there's an aspect of i i what what my brain said was it's like you have to put on the kids mask on the airplane before you put on your own. It's like, there's an aspect of when you're the mother figure to someone of like, I can wait for a hot second. Is my kid. Okay. And that's how I, as a parent, I need to point out, you always put on your mask first, not your oh, kid's fine. mask. I've been on a, because, I've been on a lot of planes. Because, <laughs> well, because you, you put on your mask because and then you can you, help other people. Because then you're able to to help your kids, assuming you have shows how much I've been kid. flying in the past two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, 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 not like just, not like Jet Set Jeff over there. You know, thank God we're not doing this. Anything. Thank God we're not doing this live because I would have been like, it's like, uh, Caitlin, are you okay? Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like that that the mothering aspect of like no, she was absolutely. checking on her kid first, yeah. even if the metaphor was bad. No, but it, it, it's true. Mom. And then look, there's also <laughs> the you know with. The severity of the moment and, you know, yeah. just the adrenaline. I don't think she realized how serious it was or Siri. But, uh, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I think that it is an important moment because it is that motivating factor. But it also sets up 
some truly great interactions with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Uh, and I, I talked earlier about this idea, you know, just the fact that like, you know, Tobey Maguire stops him from murdering Norman Osborn. Like he's just that look that he has. And there's those times where they look, they, the, the look sort of between each other where they don't have to say anything. And I love that Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And I love that Andrew Garfield is the one to say, I love you guys, you know? And, uh, it's, uh, and you know, just his, uh, his Spider-Man's sort of redemption. Uh, I've, uh, mentioned it in the previous conversations I've had, uh, on here on the channel. Uh, but the, the moment when he saves MJ and it, it, that, so uh, maybe I'm a little dead inside because I didn't I didn't shed a tear for Aunt May. It was emotional, but oh. when when he saves her, I'm like, oh well, that's getting to me. But it, it's then he says, "Are you okay? Okay, that's starting to get to me." And she's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Oh motherfucker, Andrew Garfield, look what you did." The you know? thing so, for him too. Uh, and first both of times all, I saw it, I cried when that happened. Me too. He. Uh, I didn't expect him to steal the show overall as much as he did for me to the point where when it was over, I was like, I kind of would rather have an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man after this and take a pause on the other ones just because I like him so much. But, um, and it goes to show that like, he's so, I I don't give a shit. He's already been like seven of these movies. Good for him. Like, let's go back to the guy. who's. Tom Tom Holland has played Spider-Man in 10 movies. There you go. He said, wow, let's open it up a little bit. But I just was like, man, he's, and, and as an actor, between this tick tick boom and also the eyes of Tammy Faye, like just a really wonderful year. And he lost his mom. And I'd seen that thing on like one of the talk shows. And when I saw that scene, I was like, Oh, he's just living. This is like a, such an honest moment for him as a performer about grief and about all these other things that like that being a theme of it. And that being something that just happened to him in his personal life. It, it, It doesn't mean that like, Oh good. I'm so glad that this person's hurting and we get to watch their hurt, but it obviously brings such a layer of, like intimacy and and something that like when they when you share that as an artist it's like such a such a gift as one would say and i was like poor guy but it's real i'm just glad that he's finally had you know a really good year because it was a little bit of a downward spiral ever since lex Luthor stole facebook from him you know i mean if you if you think back the last decade or so is basically when that first forgot about that you forgot that lex Luthor stole facebook from him well, and that the two Lone Rangers were desperate to try to make it their own, and everyone was like, "Your movie sucked. Shut the fuck up." Yeah, I forgot about the Lone Rangers. Also, gonna... oh in that boy, movie. if you want to get me worked up. And I do oh, like boy. how they mentioned, like, you fought aliens, you fought this. I just fought like lame people. A, a guy in a rhino. That's a team. Oh, the, the, the shout That's out a to, to all so team body is the rhino. The the but rhino which. That's yeah. probably my favorite scene in the whole movie was when they're all waiting and yeah, all three of them it, are on this, like, it's a um, variation on the, you know, the, the sort of the war stories in, in jaws mm-hmm. and you've seen it in some other movies, you know, and, uh, I, that, yeah, it's like, <laughs> look, I logically wire being like when I felt the green goblin in those black eyes, <laughs> coming up the water and the baby was screaming. And, yeah. Three Spider-Man go in, one Spider-Man come out. <laughs> and I love that the that Tom Holland has asked the question that I was asking in the that as in the way that I asked it. It's like, does it come out of the webs? Come out of other parts? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, look, I think that 
some of us maybe never actually said it out loud, but we'd all been wondering about it for Absolutely. almost 20 years. I was just so grateful and that it wasn't me. <laughs> I'm I'm gushing a lot about Andrew Garfield in this movie, but I think that Tobey Maguire, look, we haven't seen him in a while. It, you know, I mean, it's not that he doesn't work anymore, but he doesn't do as much as he did. And to see him for the first time in a while for me personally, and he's clear, he's older. They weren't pretending that this is still, you know, even college age Peter Parker. This is Peter Parker who is, you know, we know what the Andrew Garfield iteration had seen and what he was trying to deal with. And he tells us about it. We, I mean, the, it's wide open for what Tobey Maguire's character went through, you know, his version of Peter Parker. I mean, in, even if he just, he still yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. No, no Kirsten Dunst in this movie. No Emma Stone in this movie, but you know, whatever. Uh, we we got our Spideys. That's that's what we really needed. Uh, but uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think just to get to see him again, and it's like, I don't know. I think a lot of people were excited for Tobey Maguire because look, he was the first big screen Spider Man. And yeah. you, Will, you're absolutely right. That movie was not perfect, but for me, seeing a Marvel movie on the big screen. And it was that level of like, look, that they just that they spent some money on special effects, you know? Yeah, I mean, they they put a good cast together, you know? I know that like the, you know, Fox's 2000 X-Men is really like the first first big stepping stone in where we are now. But even that watching it, I was like, okay, it's clear they didn't have a lot of money. Even as a kid, I was like, all right, this is Empire. The the the, Statue of Liberty thing is like a little whatever. The big big fight scene happens in the gift shop of the Statue of Liberty, not outside even at the base of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Right. So, and then, an so when Spider-Man that, came out, you know, yeah. Statue wait, wait, comes up again. So yeah. What? Sorry. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. guys are both talking at the same time. So will you finish? And then I'll, and then I'll toss. I was just going to say that the scope yeah. of Spider-Man just two years later was like, it just, yeah. you know, 10 times as much as what X-Men felt like. Yeah. And then X2 obviously was fucking awesome. So it was like, okay, now we're yeah, no, X2 and Spider-Man two are still uh, up there for me. And uh, that's, I know that's blasphemy for uh, MCU stands out there, but uh, the, the MCU movies are not my, my Mount Rushmore. I, I, as much as I love so many of them. Uh, my what were you going to say? X2 is when Brian Cox tells all the characters to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. That's that pretty is much true. What, <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, Brian Cox, also a very serviceable Hannibal Lecter in uh, the first version of, uh, well, Manhunter is what it was called. Yeah. It's a completely different take than uh, than Anthony Hopkins. But uh, in any case, that's, we're not here to talk about that. I'm sorry. What were you going to say before, Kate? Uh, I don't remember. But, <laughs> oh, the, um, uh, the Statue of Liberty adjustments and i do like how they added um in the first scene of spider-man they actually go past the the rogers the musical poster Mm -hmm. the banner that's very um that was nice um but there was also the aspect of and i've talked about this before especially with you christian a weird fetishization of captain america that's been happening yeah um in the Marvel universe. And then every time it, it is fetishized, they are tearing them back down. Like they put like, the, the like thing li- up, like literally tearing the, the shield off of the statue of Liberty. You yeah. Know, which... And it falls and it's yeah. like, and adding it to what we think of as like, this is what it means to be an American. And then it's like, no, because that's the covering of what that person actually stood for. But I do like how, when, uh, 
that the final fight did take place on the underside of the shield. I thought that was like, I don't know if it was symbolic on purpose, but for, I just took it. Um, uh, or I mean, it, it probably like, cool. stuff like that. I don't think happens by accident, you know, but I, I love, sure, I yeah. love that it took place there. And then when he lifted up the green goblins, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Actually. The glider that he flies. Yeah. yeah. And it, the, the way he lifted it up, it reminded me of that episode in Falcon winter soldier when U S mm-hmm. agent starts like, beaten the guy yeah. that destroyed his whole that took away his world yeah, in a way when he, when he uses the symbol of truth justice in the american way uh you know superman doesn't use that anymore so uh, i think u.s agent uh, could use it for it. a moment but no and he takes the symbol of freedom and literally bludgeons someone to death yeah, yeah but it was like i'm gonna bludgeon you with the thing yeah. of, but, of yours but it was on captain america's shield and it was like someone stopping him uh, yeah, and it and it was silent, and it was it was that whole sequence for me was like was very very powerful, and it took like, you know, it's no one stopped U.S. agent from doing that, and no one stops like that that it ta- that rage can be countered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean it's it gets explored more in comics, but you have moments where your characters would like to have been able to stop. You know, I mean when you yeah. really delve into somebody like Wolverine, who you know can have like a, a hundred person body count in a single issue, uh, there are definitely times where it's like, yeah, I wish that there was somebody to you know and 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 for for that character a lot of times it would be like a, a kitty pride or a jubilee or somebody that's like yeah. what are you doing you know and for tom holland peter parker it was toby mcguire peter parker and uh <laughs> i love the uh, espn update uh what could possibly <laughs> be the update right now uh but it no it's fine <laughs> i just thought it was funny uh but you know and and yeah the time spent with the three spider-men yeah, it definitely slowed the movie down in a way that is probably not practical for the action on the screen. But uh, I'm fine if they had done 15 more minutes of it. You know, like I think it's you needed my, it. It's my like, favorite stuff in the movie for sure. Is, is them interacting together, and uh, you know, Tom Holland playing J. Jonah Jameson, you know, and using him to to get the villains to all come there. I have uh, a thing about, and I know it's like it's such a minor issue, but I have a thing about characters doing like obvious easy movie science scenes where they like synthesize a chemical and they like make a reverse geothermal coupler and they like you know put the last finishing touches on the the chaos well in 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 doctor who parlance it's uh reverse the polarity that's right yeah yeah so when they're kind of all like doing their science i'm like I could kind of, why don't you guys just go for coffee? Like, I skip to the <laughs> skip to the part where you have yeah. the science. I don't Jay could have gotten you a discount at that donut there. shop. You know, they have to show that everybody is still a nerd. Don't worry, <laughs> right. everybody was don't, a nerd. Was don't. a nerd in their own different way. We all know our sciences. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Peter Parker? It was no. me. It was He's me. So they smart. had to do that. Yeah, but no, no I, I mean, I, I know yeah. why it was there. It just <laughs> I was like so corny. Right. Well, yeah, I think that there's. Obviously, you know, so much fun to be had in the movie. Obviously, they deal with uh, some of the very serious emotions about being even a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're talking about some darker characters like U.S. Agent or Wolverine. But it's even being Spider-Man. I mean, look, so much goes with that. And it's always the tragedy of Peter Parker is, oh, yeah, my uncle died literally because I'm an asshole, you know, because I couldn't be bothered. I 
I tried to save my girlfriend and I killed her by snapping her neck, you know, which I don't know that they to be well, fair. Yeah, was, no, to be fair, it was an accident. Let the guy but go who killed Uncle Ben tried to save Gwen. Yeah. Accidentally oh, yeah. But it's it, they're both on him. And it's just like for a fun, loving, freewheeling character, there's there's, you know, so much you know, just so much angst in him, you know, I'm just saying it'll help Peter Parker's trauma. If you don't tell him, you know, let him know that it wasn't, you know, he tried his best. Okay. When it comes to Gwen, he gave it the old college try. His therapist, he could use that wording. Yeah. He gave it the old empire state university try. That's right. (laughs) I was one. I was like, there you go. There was a bell. Uh, (laughs) We'd ring it. Uh, The other interesting. There's always a bell. Will love it. Yes. Here's my question about the mid credit sequence, and this is just me being a little nitpicky, and I totally acknowledge that. Oh, okay. The Venom coming in, enjoyed immensely. Also, yeah. the cameo of Daredevil in the beginning. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we haven't um, talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we yeah. will. But doesn't him disappearing into his own world, having been in Mexico and not in New York, slightly take away from the importance of getting getting everybody in one's place because if they just did the fucking box thing sorry the stupid box thing and just like did it really fast because apparently that box thing was like already ready because it's a freaking artifact and then just press the button like i get the I, i get the argument that it's for like damage control but how much how much like do you and then there was no way to track like oh yeah you've got them all it's like pokemon and now we get to send them all back it's like we don't know how many have gone through the freaking loop thing like was he just like go off and and like don't cause any problems but i feel like by sending people to do a battle that's causing problems right well as opposed to just like let's focus on the box thing and then press the button and then send everybody back because we'll all get them back in one go yeah, the end credit scene in in Venom, where he ends up in the MCU, just set up so much potential. And then by the time this movie ended, I kind of I I legitimately forgotten about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was really excited that we were going to get Venom interacting with the you know Spider Man. And you know, does this mean that the uh, the Topher Grace Venom is from the same collective, even though it's a different? You know, there's so many questions that were had, and they were like, "Nah, don't worry about it. He's just going to leave some goo behind. Peace out." And I'm like, "Oh, that's a bit of a letdown. Like, why? No. Why did you bring that yeah. in at all?" And well, I guess they still even... want to do a proper Eddie Brock Venom Spider-Man story. They do, right? Yeah. They do want to, but do there's also an aspect of did it just destroy yeah. the second act of this movie? By taking like a little bit of the logic away. Yeah. Of this movie or of No Way of, Home, like, No Way Home. I was gonna say, because it just made Venom even less relevant. And that's pretty hard to do. Cause like yeah. Yeah, I, was, not I watched the like, Carnage movie and it was really one of the worst movies ever. It doesn't thank you. It's so yeah. bad. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it ended the second and I was act like, of No Way Home. Cause it's like if we what? had to collect them and then send them home, but we could just send them home from wherever they were. We just have to focus yeah. on getting the box together and you know, just focus on our energy on this thing. I guess I wasn't feel like that would have been that much of attention. I was like, I oh, just wait, why is just wait. Will left and I was like, oh, it's yeah, for more like, money and more movies. That's always the well. We're only a few weeks away from Morbius, so uh, they might be able. Oh my to, god, uh, which has the oh pumps the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man on a poster, right? The the suit, makes, but it also yeah. has he makes it a also, venom joke. Yeah, but it also he does make has, a venom joke. It has Michael Keaton in it. 
uh, so uh, the tra- the trailer. That's not a. On. That's not really. A is spoiler he playing spoiler. Batman from the what? Tim Burton Batman in this movie? Who knows? No, but he is his Batman in the Flash. No, oddly enough, let, let, let me just explain it. You couldn't everybody. put Miles Morales in this movie. That's what you're telling okay. me. That you could do all this so, other stuff. In Morbius, believe it. In Morbius, Michael Keaton plays the Tim Burton Batman. In Flashpoint, he actually plays the Mr. Mom character. So the, okay, I don't good. Think everybody knew Got that. it. Yeah. That's what so I it's going to work on the same track. Yeah, and the multiplicity be. version of himself. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go from the multiverse to the multiplicity verse. It's going to be the multi Keaton. Right. That's what we're doing. Multi Keaton. We're, we're the living multi- the multi Keaton right. Now. It's like six degrees <laughs> from Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as as we start to you know wind down our our spider talk here. Uh, I wanted to kind of get each of your thoughts as to what this might mean for going forward. The ending is that he's still Spider-Man. Peter Parker is still Spider-Man. People do know Spider-Man. They just don't know he's Peter Parker. So he can show up and talk to the Avengers with his suit on and they know who he is. So, you know, it, it, it's not, it, it's not going to necessarily be that different. I guess there's, you know, this, not entirely confirmed that they're going to make another trilogy with Tom Holland, but I don't think anybody expects there to not be more Tom Holland, Spider-Man movies. What do you think will, will we will get with the character and what would you hope to see uh, apart from just doing another Andrew Garfield movie, but you know, getting to another Tom Holland, Spider-Man what do you think we will get? And what do you hope to see uh, where he goes from here? It's hard because as soon as you open up the multiverse, it's like, why tell a story that doesn't have some multiversal component to it? And it's like to just imagine that they're going to go back and now just do like a regular Spider-Man movie with Venom the proper way. Like, I wouldn't hate that, but the stakes feel so much lower when it's like not intergalactic. And so like this is I feel like 10 years from now why this whole thing's just going to collapse. But like I I, don't, I genuinely don't know. I hope I, I don't love a uh, give up on the thing, have to get the thing back. Like that's the worst part of Spider-Man 2 where he's like, I'm not Spider-Man anymore. And then of course he's going to fucking be Spider-Man again. Like now we got to do a whole movie. Uh, of that. Also, also the worst part of Superman 2, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's and like, I don't want to be well, Superman we did get the anymore. Cellophane S. If it yeah. weren't for that, we wouldn't have gotten the cellophane S. Um, so I do think we're going to get that awkward. It's easy for them to also use this as a re- reason if some people's paychecks are, they want too much money. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Zendaya is too busy. And she's like, this is how much money I want. And they're like, mm, we'll do Gwen Stacy in this universe or something yeah. stupid. Or or Black Cat, which they've yeah. set up before. They're, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, you know, this is this is a fine time for uh, Peter to, uh, you know, find somebody else. That's not It's why I want a Tom Holland break. I would love yeah. to just hit the pause button. Like, there's so much of that now in the MCU that's nuts that, like, I would rather, you know. Well, the, the Into the Spider, what's it called? Beyond the Spider Verse, into, into the, the Spider Verse, into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be cool. I mean, that, the, I think the the animation animated element of everything is fun, but I don't know. I wish there was some crossover between those, but I guess. Well, who knows? You know, I mean, I'm maybe, not as uh, I'm not as well versed in these things, so. I'm you're not, not sure. well. You're not as well no. Spider versed. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I love oh Spider Man. I just storytelling wise, we I do think we're sort of at the the peak of now doing a loop and kind of going in circles with some of this stuff where it's like, right. cool. The multiverse is cool. You now every story is going to be a multiverse story and everything's going to be nuts that like, yeah, we, we have uh, the, the MCU specifically has reached proper comic book, difficult territory where everything is madness always now. Like 
there's yeah. never not, you know, like we've seen. No, we're, the, the MCU is at the point where every movie is pre-bagged with a hologram cover and a collectible card. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, oh, you want to open the comic? Well, you're going to have to buy another one yeah. because you got to mm. save this one because it's going to be worth a million dollars, which, of course, it's worth like the same 250 you paid for it. Uh, Jeff, going forward with Spider-Man on the big screen, animated live action, all of it. Uh, what do you uh, hope we see next and where do you kind of think it's going, even if it's not necessarily what you want? If if we do see Tom Holland again with the Avengers, I think it'll be kind of quick. OK, we don't know who you are. We need to know who you are. Give me your give me your name. So like they'll have some type of comedic relief of them needing to know who he is. And I think that'll be kind of past because there's no way they're going to trust a Spider-Man and not know who the person behind the mask is because every other superhero, we know who they are and the their teammates know who they are. There's not, I, not that I can think of anyone who they don't know. No. Yeah. Let me just interject. That's a very MCU a convention of the MCU in the comics. Uh, one of what I know is one of Will's favorite iterations of yes. Spider-Man yeah. is he didn't even want the fantastic four to know as a secret identity. So he uh, he put a bag on his head uh, when he got rid of the symbiote and Reed Richards took care of it forever. And then in less than a year, it broke out and became Venom. Thanks, Reed. Uh, he like swings home at, wearing an old Fantastic Four uniform and a bag on his head. Uh, mm. He Yeah. So like That's the idea man. of the secret identity is really non-existent in the MCU. And it has always been yeah. a big part of Peter Parker and Spider-Man that we've had this reset and brought it back but you're right yeah. that he's the only one really that any one of these characters i mean so many of them don't even wear a mask i mean plenty do but uh, you know uh, so um but to finish your thought i'm sorry jeff yeah uh no i i just think that like if we're gonna see him it's gonna be a quick fix in the fact that the team is gonna know who he is but I, I, I could see us taking a, a break from Spider-Man and the fact that a lot of the other stories are going to be kind of setting up the world around who our big bad is. And we don't really need a Spider-Man in this world. They're going to be right. focusing on the young Avengers and forming the, the kids and then also forming the um, the next big bag and big bad, big bad and like Kang the Conqueror or Doom or whoever that may be. So yeah. I think they have a lot of room and opportunity to form those young kids but also if miles is not in those young or if miles is supposed to be part of those young kids how is he going to be introduced is he going to be introduced in a, a movie that's not spider-man that would be pretty wild but i wouldn't be surprised yeah no i mean obviously you know kevin feige you know must have he's got uh I, I always use the example of the the meme from it's always sunny in philadelphia with charlie day with all the different you know strings trying to connect everything and he's got all the different properties and it all goes back to it i'm sure he's got a picture of you know where you've got kate bishop yelena the black widow and riri as iron heart and miles morales you know they're all standing there and those are your young avengers uh, leaving out other characters i'm sure but you know mm -hmm. just the younger version the, the younger cheaper wicked and speed yep the, the cheaper oh yeah and uh, yeah 
Hulkling, anything like that. You know, yeah. the younger, cheaper versions of all of the Avengers, you know, is, uh, you know, somebody else with Thor's hammer, you know, all that stuff can happen. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, Rock I think Thor. that, you know, Rock Miles Thor. Morales existing as a, yeah, Frog Thor, please, Frog Thor. I, a whole movie of Frog <laughs> Thor is what I've Frog just Thor. been waiting for. And it would be better than Thor 2, The Dark World. I mean, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that uh, we would you know, be low key to get the it. animated Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's for you. We got a bell. Low key to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, but I agree, Jeff. Uh, I would like to uh, see all of that, and you know, having the animated Miles that those are his movies, yeah. even though there's a bunch of Peter Parkers in them. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, we've already set it up for you know we had uh it's the first one had what donald glover is like his his uncle right mm -hmm. uh, yeah as miles uncle. yeah so we like we've had the reference to the character so yeah. uh you know it would be cool if in, the, if in the new spider-verse he goes into the real world like why not yeah that would yeah, be sick that'd be great like then, you, then, yeah. then you really I don't mean, have Tony to might do it you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to have like an introduction in the Spider-Man film because he already has his own introduction. You kind of already know his backstory, and then there's yeah. like live interact interact or iterations of each of those characters. That'd be kind of yeah. dope. Look, oh, it worked when Rocky and Bullwinkle yeah. came out to the real world in the uh, film version with Robert De Niro. So I don't see why. And taking Michael Jordan into the Looney Tunes in the reverse of that that also worked. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Space Jam is really yeah. the first multiverse movie. We're very <laughs> Space Jam was the first. That's the first Spider Verse, essentially. Yeah. yeah. The first verse. <laughs> the first verse. By the, the way, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, one of our uh, AfterBuzz uh, friends, uh, Ryan Nilsson, posted. He commented on a couple people had listed their worst movies of 2021, and some of them were great movies. And he, what he commented was like, "Wow, you guys must have really loved Space Jam because it wasn't on either." these lists and it's like i think it's easy it's like I, I watched space jam with my kids by the way uh on yes. hbo max the way it was intended uh yep. but uh and yeah the fact that it, i think people blocked it from their memories i think that dr strange did something that made us forget space that jam too. Is that i enjoyed so, it so i liked it it's a warner brothers verse like yeah. literally yeah. If you think of like a marketer, like if a marketer, the head of marketing just made the film, they're like, okay, who do we have? What IPs do we have? Let's just flush these the like viewers. The Clockwork with Orange guys were in everything. the trailer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I promise you, like, if they could go past Hogwarts, you're seeing Harry Potter. Like, like <laughs> it's wild. Things that I didn't even realize it was an IP. I was like, oh, yeah. so that's part uh, of it. Them. The same for me, by the way. I'm like, oh, Warner Brothers owns that, don't they? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was wild, yeah. but like it was, it was fun and cool. It was for little kids, but like but, they threw everything in the kitchen sink in that film. But yeah. also to see that movie, you realize that, that LeBron James really is Michael Jordan. But by that, I mean Michael Jordan, the baseball player. The tune uh, versus making you choppy, Christian. But, I want to hear uh, your criticism. Home. Kate, the future of Spidey. I think that Spider-Man is going to be like almost like like Batman. Like he's going to come in super randomly in other people's universes and then like Irish goodbye. So it, it, I think it's going to he's going to maintain the mystery because there's so many other like we have a whole Cap Falcon thing that's happening. That doesn't have anything to do with the multiverse. It's going to be more uh, on that like thriller conspiracy theory mentality. 
And I think that, and I think that he's, he's going to like come and do something and then bounce. And I think he's going to be that character that comes in, does something and then bounces. So it's like like the moment in family guy. Yeah. A little one just swings by, saves him. Everybody gets one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, like, I think they're going to do that for a few films so that they can literally, they don't really have to have Tom Holland in it at this point. Like Tom can do his own thing for a little bit and they're just going to put Spider-Man in places of like, we haven't forgotten. We're maintaining this mystery and that that's going to be like the main mystery of the of the MCU. And honestly, I think that if they do it that way, when it gets crazy with the multiverse, we're going to have something to hold on to for the future. Um, And maybe when they fix the multiverse, it's going to fix the rift of that that spell created because the only reason everyone forgot him is because the multiverse was going to explode. Um, so I think that Kang the Conqueror is where we're going to see Spider-Man again. That's going to be the, the one that Tom Holland comes back in. And, and, and you know, we're going to get a little, like, Spidey cameo here and there. And then Tom Holland's going to come back when Kang the Conqueror really, when he's really needed. But I think the difference between Spider-Man... Ooh, what's happening? Um, it's a space between, jam It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what they're, how they're going to utilize this new version of Spider-Man to keep that mystery going while we focus on the other characters for a little bit and introduce some new ones. Like even if the young Avengers get into a little bit of trouble and you have like a and it's like, who would that? We don't know. Okay, we're going to keep doing our own thing. It's like a nice little like someone's watching you sort of mentality. That's how they're going to get everybody to go see the Marvel movies they don't really care about. Like, but Spider Man's so in it for a little bit. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, fuck, I gotta go now. Shit. Yep. Yeah. Is this the one where he's gonna come back? <laughs> I do think that uh, Sony will continue to uh, look for billion dollar Spider Man movies, but I like this idea that, uh, you know, he'll be sort of another comparison is like the wolf in Pulp Fiction, Harvey Keitel's character. You know, he's, mm. a, he's, he's just, he comes in and fixes stuff. Uh, but yeah, to Will's point, yeah, he's going to have to show up in like the Nova movie, just like he was in the Nova comic book series to try and help sell a few more issues, you know. But I also like because they did this in um, spoiler alert, Hawkeye and Black Widow, because Elena's in Hawkeye. Um, they're definitely willing to cross over their TV show world. And they started obviously with WandaVision, too, but it wasn't as clear until that moment for me. But I think the Ironheart series is going to have MJ and Ned. And it would be nice to get them not being Spider-Man sidekicks and seeing who they are actually. I mean, the characters are introduced and you don't have to do very much with them in a television show standpoint for them to have an impact. I mean, I think Hawkeye really proved that. And I, I'm really excited that Zendaya and the guy who plays Ned might come back Zendaya, in a different way. AKA, AKA the future Mrs. Jeff Williams Jr. I think is important <laughs> that we give her her full title. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Let's yeah. put some respect on her name. <laughs> also, there's uh, a really funny interview that they did about the fact that because Zendaya is taller than Tom Holland, she would land first and screw up his superhero <laughs> landing. And it was really, it's really funny. Like, I cannot remember who, where the interview is, but go find it. It is oh, worth, the, it's worth the laugh of like, yeah, I'm taller. So my I, feet land first. And so he's got to like, <laughs> I think that's Graham Norton's interview. I'm almost positive. Yeah. I've seen so many, I, I'm, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. No, if, if you want to know anything that Zendaya ever said in an interview, just, uh, ta- just tweet at Jeff Will Jr. Uh, and coincidentally, that is where people can follow you, can't they, Jeff? 
Exactly. At Jeff Will Jr., all your social media platforms. If you want to talk about Zendaya, sometimes superheroes too, but mostly Zendaya, you can find me there. But not water dragons. Never no. water dragons. Definitely not. Definitely but not. But what if Zendaya was a water dragon? What if she was uh, a water we, Exactly. Dragon. You got dragon Look, energy, man. We we might have to talk about that. We might have to talk about that. <laughs> but we'll but we'll see. Hopefully Shang Chi does not include either one of those. <laughs> Shang Chi two. Fully forgot about the Shang Chi part of the universe. Yeah. Shang Chi two. The ten rings are coming back. Book yes, of Shadows. The ten rings. Yeah. Yes, go. And he he made it. He made it known. He made it known that he is not part of Doctor Strange two because everybody keeps asking him if he's coming back. He's put it on his Instagram. He's like, please stop asking me. I guess a lot of people want Shang Chi and Doctor Strange too. I wouldn't be mad, but it looks like, like we have a lot of people already in there. But yeah. here's the problem: because they went so hard with Tobey Maguire and Adam and Andrew Garfield, it's like we're not in this movie. We're not in this movie. Stop asking. Not in this yeah. movie. I don't think people are going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think if it's, it's not in something, say you're in it, and then people will be like, okay, and then you won't be. And be like, oh, fuck. exactly. <laughs> It'll be so. I'm in it, guys. Can't wait to see me. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Well, uh, like Kate... Spider-Man shirt on and be like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kate, always great to uh, get a chance to talk to you and uh, have you here on the show. And uh, we look forward to when your schedule allows for you to uh, be back. But right. uh, if people want to uh, keep an eye out for you, I understand you've uh, made a, a few appearances over on Geekscape uh, that yes. uh, Jonathan London, who both William and I know by the time people see this, you'll have uh, done a special where I believe you talk about Witcher, right? Witcher season two. Yeah. That's my jam. I have my little my little ring on with all the signs. I'm very proud of it. And if people want to keep in touch with you on the Insta, how do they do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> at Cornellable on Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, I'm going to be doing more videos next year. I know I keep saying that. I feel like that's my you know thing. Is I say I do videos and then I don't do them. Yeah. Um, but I promise I will because I'm, you know, revamping. Yeah, uh, especially do more now that... videos where you're saying that you're gonna do more videos. Those yeah, exactly. Video. This counts. That's perfect. This counts. And will uh, apart from uh being what I consider uh black cast royalty, uh, where mm. can people find you? At Will Sterling underscore. It's always fun joining these conversations because I feel like you and I go back to recording these things so many years that if I'm a guest on something, I'm like the least. I'm like, I like the drunk uncle who shows up for an episode. Be like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Spider-Man. And uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see more. You know, it's just. Woo That's now, like, look, I feel like those are my opinions. I don't have. Look, don't you're have you're just you, you're here because we needed to celebrate Andrew Garfield. And more importantly, how I was That's right funny. about him. And. How he hates Mondays and loves lasagna. And how, actually, if we got an Amazing Spider-Man 3, I don't think we would have gotten some of the great Andrew Garfield movies that we've had since. So, in a no. way, kind of worked out. Will, what are you, uh, what are you most excited for, superhero-wise? Is, is Flashpoint this year, or is that uh, more I don't know when them? that is. I mean, the Flash Batman point comes is this, out soon. Flashpoint so. is this year. Yeah, and, okay. and the Batman is the next uh, big superhero movie. And uh, I, I believe it will oh, not yes. be simultaneously available on uh, HBO Max. Morbius you need to put, yeah, you need to put some you need to put some respect on Morbius's name, even though it's gonna be a subpar Sony film. <laughs> it's before Batman. <laughs> yeah. Well Oh, that it, comes up before Batman. Okay. So like I said, the next I won't lie, I don't really give a shit about that character. Batman. 
No, I, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing it. I, I don't. What's his Jared, name? Who played the Joker? Is a Jared Leto, not a Jared great Leto. Joker, but he name. is typically a good actor in other things. It's like Topher Grace. You him know, as Morbius just, is the footage of him coming out of his yoga treat at the beginning of COVID and being like, "Oh my God, it's like the world is ending. Where am I? I just had this like fifty thousand dollar yoga retreat, and I was sitting in a twenty thousand dollar mud bath, was... and it turns out the world is on fire." That's yeah. just that's him getting his. I don't know. That's a that's terrible. I'm done. Just mute me. <laughs> You're done with Jared Leto. <laughs> done with myself. Well, I, anyway. I was done with him. I was done with him when he broke Claire Dane's heart, and that was almost 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. 25 years ago. 30 years ago. Jesus. I'm I not over it. I'm not I, over it. I forget it. how old I am sometimes. That's literally almost 30 years ago. In any just case, remember that episode where it's like you can't read, can you? <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and there's an and there's an episode where where he sings he he's he oh, sings yeah. i want to be sedated by the ramones and he's got this little girl voice and you're like what what happened to this guy anyway we'll, we're gonna do a whole jared leto show well that's gonna be our morbius show we'll yeah. see morbius and be like let's just talk about other jared leto movies although will yeah. matt smith is in that movie i know i know i mean i'll see it i just don't know if i'll see it in the theater we'll see yeah, it might be a home no. home video. I might go to my local Hollywood video, not Blockbuster, Hollywood. No, video. that that that's one to watch specifically on VHS. You yes, know? that's the only way to watch it. If Don't it was, me, I mean, these movies, like both Venom movies, I know we're trying to end, but both of them are like, man, they really just pulled these scripts out of a drawer from 1998. They just made them direct. <laughs> they made no changes whatsoever, and I feel like Morbius could easily be the right th the same thing, but Aww. like. Yeah. Boy, they were like, wow, somebody wrote these 25 years ago. I guess we should just fucking shoot them, see what happens. <laughs> they made a lot of money, so what the fuck do Tony I know? Tony is now like the capital of the anti-hero. Yeah. So, like, so we're just going to like let him murder a bunch of people. That's fine. And like threaten yeah. to eat a lady. Yeah. Like, fine. It's <laughs> great. That's our lane. <laughs> yeah. That's that's who Venom is. And then that's we're going to the counteract that with like pretty, pretty animation. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you all, and uh, I look forward to chatting with all of you many times in the new year. In Well, it is the new year now, 2022. Uh, so lots to talk about in the future. We will have a new show next week. I will actually be back on the East Coast, and I, I think that I can actually get Zia Anderson to sit still for an hour, and we're going to do a show uh, in her studio in New Jersey, which is as every bit as glamorous as it sounds but uh stay tuned we've always got plenty of uh well we've got good we've got good content we've got great content occasionally we have marginal content on the blackcast youtube channel but if you subscribe you're going to get all of it the blackcast b-l-a-d-t-c-a-s-t right there on youtube please subscribe we will see you next time on the blackcast 
Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk right here on the Black Cast Entertainment Network. A special episode continuing our conversation on Spider-Man No Way Home. Our third episode, which is appropriate. As we talk about the movie, we're talking all the spoilers. Happy New Year, Caitlin Cornell. How are Hi. you? Hi. I'm back. It's good to be back. It's great to have you back. And uh, not really back, but on the show is Jeff Williams Jr. Are you in your safe room there? Uh, and did you forget to stock it? Yes, yes. Yes to both. It's really just a closet slash like my bathroom. I'm at my parents' house still. We're just making it work. It's, this has been my office all day as well. It's been a long day, but hey, I'm, I fly back home tomorrow. And uh, I understand you got some snow this morning, some nice Indiana snow. It was great to see snow. I'm, I'm going to be so happy to see it from 30,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a man whose uh, adult film industry name was Snow... The one and only Mr. William Sterling. How are you, sir? Happy New Good. Year. I got the I got the mustache for it too. Just much like the old days, Christian. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to to, you know, the here's your pizza and here's your pepperoni. I'm ready <laughs> for you that, to be that guy. Why does that pizza delivery man always have a boom box with him? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> why would strip he? mix? You never know. You never yeah. know who you're gonna run into. I never and and what I never know, had no idea this was Marvel movie Child. I was like, it's a black cast. So it's both. You know, that's keeping the beauty on of the, it. Keeping us on our toes. Everything on the Black Cast Entertainment Network is uh, repurposed <laughs> as a Black Cast, potentially. That's right. And uh, as as so someone who works on you just not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just you didn't suck. work. And uh, as someone who uh, works in the field of podcast production and at least has, you might notice there's a very specific way that I do intros when it's uh, for both shows. You can listen back for with a with an editing ear as to what I say and what I probably take out. <laughs> 